Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Bronson Allman and I are back with another episode of the NLN Sportscast. I am, of course, Frank Conti, and my pal Bronson Allman is joining me for another episode. And Bronson, it kind of feels like it's been a while. I think it's been over two weeks, so it's good to get back with you. And it's that time of year where I'm excited, and this is uh, another year where we're going to cover the NFL draft. And we are a week away, so we're going to take the opportunity tonight. Uh, we're the Thursday before the draft. It's April 21st as we record here, and we are going to give you a kind of a quick look at the first round pretty much and give some of our thoughts where some guys are going to go and maybe some surprises, some trades we might see happening, um, where we see the Steelers might go, and in uh, some of the other, you know, maybe big big things that will happen. So. That's going to be fun. We're going to save that for last. It's kind of the main event tonight. We're going to have maybe a little bit of a shorter episode. It's kind of getting late here on the East Coast as we get rolling. But uh, we, uh, we're we going to talk a little Penguins hockey, some NHL as we get close to the playoffs. Um, Major League Baseball is a couple weeks in, so the Dalai Lama, my, yours truly, will uh, recap the first couple weeks and what teams are hot, what players are hot, how, how it's looking so far. And a uh, little, little bit of a grab bag of a few quick Quick minutes on uh, NBA playoffs starting Bristol dirt race. Um, but yeah, Bronson and I, we're going to get, get rolling here. Bronson uh, snuck in. He uh, just got in from trivia night, Bronson on <laughs> Thursday night. So we just got him in. I was, I was almost thinking like, am I going to have to record this show? Maybe solo and maybe Pat, maybe um, in post add some Bronson nuggets <laughs> add- or something. I was what's, getting a little bit worried about you, buddy. What's the, what's the, <laughs> What's the audio version of adding a hologram? Like they do, like, yeah. you know, like they Tupac. do those Tupac <laughs> concerts and hologram. You want to do that with me? But uh, no, 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 Frank. And I and I apologize. It's been more my fault too, guys. Because uh, last week, you know, Frank had bounced, bounced around, maybe wanting to skip the show. But uh, I was quite a bit under the weather last week. Allergies are really kicking my tail, and it was almost to the point where I barely could even formulate words. Johnson was out with a non-COVID injury. Non-COVID, no non-COVID. I was tested. I was negative. Not yeah, right, Bron. This is your social calendar. This guy is uh, well, that, got, that was this a little week. black book. <laughs> last week was 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 me being under the weather. This week, with AEW coming to Pittsburgh. Um, I went to meet all ego Ethan Page. Uh, he's part of America's top team with Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert, uh, the little faction there. Uh, That's Frank, why we he, couldn't uh, record Tuesday night. Now, <laughs> yeah, I went down. I went down to Dean. I thought it might be Britt Baker. I thought you might have done. Oh, the I, I met Britt Baker before, back when she was an IWC uh, doing the independent scene there. But no, Frank, I met Ethan Page down at Dini Collectibles, and uh, I ended up connecting with some friends down there, and we were BSing for a while. And I was talking to Ethan himself. Actually, I got a chance to meet him. Got home late. Apologized to Frank. Figured I said, "Hey, we'll make we'll make it up on, on Thursday." Bronson knew Britt Baker when she was just in dentistry school. So, <laughs> yeah, actually, she was. Um, <laughs> she actually got her. I believe she got her um, her actual like bachelor's from Penn State, and then did her medical school. And obviously, she did medical school at Pitt. Right. Um, I heard that on the news, and I said, "What blasphemy? How can you uh, cheer for both teams there?" <laughs> yeah, she can. Yeah, she is. She is. She, is. she went Penn State, then Pitt Medical School. Yeah. And then you know she's uh, she's dating Adam Cole, who's in AEW, was formerly the NXT, the former world champion there. But uh, Adam Cole, baby, I had a shirt, I had a shirt on AEW last night. But no, I met Ethan Page, and you mentioned Britt Baker. She was the prom, she was prominently featured, Frank, on uh, 
AEW Dynamite, which was live yesterday on TBS. Yours truly was in attendance. Uh, Britt Baker did. Uh, she's no longer the champion. She lost to Thunder Rosa a couple weeks ago in Thunder Rosa's hometown of San Antonio. But um, she did have a match. And um, every time that Britt Baker has done something in Pittsburgh, she's done some sort of like big outlandish Pittsburgh entrance. Uh, a couple of uh, AEW shows ago, she came out with Steely McBeam. The recent one, she had this nice Pittsburgh getup. And last night, Frank, um, much to much to my surprise, uh, Britt Baker came out and was accompanied to the ring by Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. Oh, sweet. They came out with a terrible towel. Tonight they're at the Pens game. Boy, they're active. Yeah, it was funny is that so Britt Baker, of course, defeats. I forget who the woman was she was facing. Britt Baker normally is a bad guy, but they 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 can't like try to hide that she's going to get cheered in Pittsburgh. Right. So for one week, they make her like a baby face because <laughs> she's going to be in Pittsburgh. And they know that's you know, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so she comes out with Pratt Fryermuth and, and uh, Najee Harris. So she cuts a promo in the ring. And she's running down some people. And <laughs> Najee Harris grabs the microphone for like she's done talking. And he goes to talk and they cut him off. Like, <laughs> like this guy's gonna say some stuff that's stupid. So just cut his microphone yeah, off. It's not scripted, right? Yeah, so they cut the microphone off and he goes to talk and like it's completely dead. They play Britt Baker's music. But she can tell Pat Fryermuth and, and uh, Najee Harris were just like in their glory at ringside, just acting acting a fool, and they were having a good time. And the fans were awesome, Frank. Um, it was the live edition of Dynamite. Then they record the Friday show, which is Rampage. They do they tape it, so I already know what's going to happen tomorrow night on on Rampage. <laughs> I promise I won't spoil it for the audience. Um, but uh, and then yeah, so did that. So uh, it was a fun time, Frank. I've had a busy week. And and I I couldn't I couldn't miss trivia night tonight since I'm gonna miss it next week for the draft. So I, I thank you, my my esteemed co-host, for uh tolerating my schedule this week and allow us to squeeze an episode in here. Sure. And uh and then yeah. We gotta get our draft preview in. You know, I know it's one of our most favorite episodes of the year when we do yeah. the live draft special. And uh just so you know, next week we're gonna try to do it live, which we did last year. Um a lot of requests to maybe do it on a different platform if you don't have Facebook. Um, In other words, Facebook. Bronson and I might tinker with YouTube Live. Um, we're getting a YouTube page set up, and if it allows, um, you know, Bronson and I live an hour apart, so if it allows us to do it separately on a split screen while live, uh, we're going to try that. But if all else fails, we can do. We do know that Facebook works, uh, as we did the Steelers Vikings game last year yeah. on Bronson's birthday, so we can do that again as a backup, but. We are going to tinker and try to do it on YouTube. So that's going to be fun. A week None. from tonight, um, live for the live draft reaction. It's always fun. We'll sync up our TVs. Um, I don't know if your buddy John will be over for it. but uh, He will be. So that'll be cool. Some I went back. to Dynamite with him last week. He said he nice. will be over. I explained so, him what we're I, doing. I remember his peanut you know, peanut gallery in the background comments. Uh, were, were, were we might have more people, fun. actually. <laughs> uh, the more the merrier get them on the podcast i mean bronson has a good mic that can kind of catch the audio of the whole room maybe so yeah it'll kind of be a cool thing There's two You'll, modes here i can have one way which is what i do the show with you then if i click the back it's like it takes the whole room in which is what i'll probably run next week so it should be fun no 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 john and i he's the guy i went to dynamite with last night he's excited this is like our this is like this is his holiday this is his christmas so uh pretty no, cool but yeah, Bronson, i mean I think that uh, we should probably get into our first couple yeah, seconds. Yeah, Frank's yawning. So this, this <laughs> yeah. is a Bronson, get your button gear. Uh, Let's get this Tonight's started. a Bucks and Pucks night. It's that time of year where <laughs> they both have, you know, they both play. And uh, luckily AT&T Sportsnet has t- the two channels now. So I've been flipping. Uh, the Penguins actually just 
one of their 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 most complete performances of the year, uh, beating Boston four nothing uh, on home ice to try to stave off these Washington Capitals that are coming up and trying to catch the Pens for third place in the Metro. Um, So the Pens get a big win tonight in Bronson. Just, it's been a while. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you to just recap the last couple of weeks, how the Pens have looked, Um, a big injury, some big injury news that we got, and um, just how you think, how are we going to end up in the standings? What's the first round matchup looking like maybe? And uh, and, and, and the Pens have kind of been a roller coaster kind of up and down the last couple of weeks. I'll let you break it down. Yeah, it had been. The last episode we had talked about, they, the Penguins had kind of been a little bit of a free fall. Uh, they had been losing some games. Um, the schedule got hard. Yeah, and, and I, I, you know, I did I did talk about, you know, the games had been coming up. Um and um, looking back right now, where last we covered, I believe it was, it was right after the, um, it was right after the Ranger game when they lost three nothing. So you know they they had they had just come off the, the two games in a row lost to the Avalanche, probably you know one of the best teams in hockey. <laughs> and they were and they, they were with them that that game in Denver they could have won. Oh but, yeah. So. But the yeah they were with them in Denver, and I think they gave them the optimism that when they brought it back to Pittsburgh that they would they would maintain that momentum, although that did not come to to fruition. Uh, the game against the Rangers, Frank, they just they lost three nothing. That game should have been bigger than it was, to be quite honest. Um, and then um, the weekend. Um, you know they lose the they lose the Capitals that Saturday afternoon, but they come back in with a big game against the Preds on on uh, Sunday uh, afternoon as well, Frank. And that was when um, the incident involving uh, Barecki and Malkin, when Malkin mm-hmm. slashed the stick out of his hand and slashed him, and put it up in his mouth, and and that's why uh, Gino has not played these last few games, Frank. He's, you mm-hmm. know you knew that he did get suspended. Um, he'll be back Saturday. He's yeah, served, he'll be back Saturday. served it now. So yeah, yeah. when you hear this, he'll probably be, he'll Penguins be back. Penguins went uh, two and two during the suspension. Yeah. So they did go two and two. They lost that game with a shootout to the Islanders, Frank five, four. Yeah. Um, I, I know they were down a bit and they did rally back to tie the game. Yeah. They got a point there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, you know, that one power play, they definitely, they bought when uh Captain uh, stepped on the puck and stripped yeah. himself. That's so they bad. Bought, <laughs> but the refs the gave an immediate makeup call like seconds later. Oh hilarious. yeah. <laughs> Such an NHL refs, man. They go into overtime and they lose to the in the shootout to the Islanders, Frank. A lot of people were criticizing Mike Sullivan because he did not use um Ricard Raquel in the shootout. I guess he has a good percentage when he's with Anaheim. So many and options. They, uh yeah, they you know they and they and they you know they use Sid who technically numbers wise is not that great in the shootout. Right. And Latang missed that like, little gimme shot there. So they lose to the Islanders. And then they lost um, last weekend, um, last Saturday to the Bruins, two to one. But although, but tonight, Frank, you know, um, uh, you know, they made up for it for the four nothing win, which you just uh, described tonight. Jake Gensel got a hat trick, his fifth career hat trick uh, as a Pittsburgh Penguin, Frank. But lost in the shuffle, all of that was the fact that um, Tristan Jari um, uh, suffered an injury. Um, the, you know, in NHL they got to say the quote unquote lower body injury. It was believed Dave Molinari, I do believe, was the first to report it, that it is a broken toe, and it's a, quote, when it, week-to-week injury. And then I believe Molinari reported yesterday, because they took the team photo yesterday, Frank, that uh, Jari had to be helped on the ice. He sat on a chair and was pushed down on the ice uh, by teammates. So not that is good, not, yeah. Yeah, so that is not a good, that is not an optimistic uh, uh, look look there. And so it's looking like, Frank, whoever they play in the playoffs, uh, he's going to be out at least probably the first round. 
Um, and it looked like they were going to play the Rangers, but the Penguins free fall and, and, and not I say free fall, but they've, they've dropped in the stands. And now um, with the win tonight, you know, they, they get, they get the points up on the Capitals. You know, they may have, they may fall into a trap where that, you know, they're going to play, you know, maybe wild a hurricane, or, you know, mm-hmm. wild, yeah, wild card or something along those lines. Watch the, hurricane- the Rangers. The Rangers are catching the hurricanes though. Yeah. So watch it work out where we're a wild card and we play the one seed Rangers. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. So but also funny. keep in fact too, Frank, and I didn't I didn't hear about the injury, but I did know Freddie Anderson got hurt for the Hurricanes. I don't know how long similarly to Jari, they're saying week to week, very yeah. so that's huge. Strange, Although yeah. I believe Auntie Ranta's the backup there. You know, they, they, they're probably in a better backup situation, maybe the Pittsburgh. Pretty solid, yeah. They're Ranta. And I think Ron, you know, like you said, Frank, you know, with with uh with Jari out, but um but I, I've just been really critical, Frank, of what I've been hearing on Pittsburgh Sports Talk Radio. You know, Hextall really getting the digs now for not going to get a backup goalie. I know there's a lot of people in town that aren't high on the Smith. Oh, he stinks. He sucks. Yada, yada, yada. And it's just like it really makes me mad when I'm hearing people call and say this stuff because, you know, I, I, po- I post this on the Penguins fan group, you know, that I'm a part of uh, uh, with my friends. And I think you might be on that, too. But. You know, I just said, you know, the three guys, you see probably the top available goalies, and I'm taking Flurry of the equation because there's just no way he was going to come here, nor would Pittsburgh give up the capital what it took to get him. Um, you know, your options, you know, it's, you know you're looking at, you know, your Yaroslav Halaks, your your Braden Holpies, your Carter Huttons. And, you know, it ain't 2010 and it isn't 2018 anymore, Frank. You know, you're not getting 2018 Holpie. You're not getting 2010 Halak. And Carter Hutton's been a journeyman the last three or four years, bouncing from team to team. I mean, can you look at me dead in the eye and say any of these three goalies are a significant upgrade over Casey DeSmith? Not to mention they're cap killers compared to what Casey DeSmith makes. And and Casey DeSmith's had, you know, games here and there where he hasn't looked good. But then you have games like tonight and games in the past where he's looked great. And it all depends on the team plays in front of him, Frank. I think even with Jari at his at 100%, they, they are going to be hard-pressed to get out of the first round. And obviously without him, yeah, it looks doom and gloom. Although I like to keep that, like, you know, that 5% possibility of anything could happen and things, you know. But, I mean, you can't sit here and tell me, oh, if we would have had Braden Holpe instead of Casey DeSmith, we're going to win this series. Or if we had Carter Hutton or if we had Yaroslav Halak. You know, those three goalies, have, the reason they were kind of available is that they've hit their sell-by date. They're not they're not mm-hmm. the goalies they once were. You know, Hutton wasn't even you know, the hot streak goalie he was in Buffalo a couple years ago. That's not him anymore. And, you know, maybe, you know, Hutton may be a guy who maybe could find that game again, but the other two are not going to do that. And, and, and the problems are more than just the goaltending, Frank. And I think we've seen that come to pass over the last couple of weeks. I know a lot of people feel that since Malkin's returned, you know, Madden's always said this, is he the cause or is he the symptom? It seems like when he comes back, they don't play as organized as they, you know, they were during his absence. And, you know, maybe, you know, now it's, you know, now they're looking, you know, they haven't looked too bad without Malkin in the lineup, you know. You know, it's like, you know, and it's one of those things, too. And then you start looking about, you know, not to get too far ahead of the ball game, but, you know, the end of the season, you know, you know, is Malkin going to come back? Is Latang going to come back? Are they all going to come back? Is Russ going to come back? Is he not going to come back? You know, it's it's going to be questions that need to be answered. But like I said, I, I don't see Pittsburgh. I didn't, I didn't even with Jari, I don't think that they were going to get by the first round. But, you know, I, like I said, Frank, I try to at least left that, you know, uh, you know, I'm like, like, you know, I'm like, what's his name? And Angel in the Alpha, you know, hey, it could happen, you know. You know, something happens, but I'm not, I'm not as optimistic, Frankie. And uh, and it's not because this team isn't talented, but, you know, and, you know, not like we, we, we quote we quote Mark Madden all the time. And, and his his big mantra this week is, 
I think the Penguins don't realize what they are currently. They 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 think what they want to be. And there was a lot of comparisons. He was talking, I forget, maybe it was Tim Benz or something. You know, did does does Mike Sullivan have quote unquote Bilesma's disease? You know, where <laughs> his his hubris or his arrogance mm-hmm. is is betraying him. And Madden had a great point. Whereas, you know, when when Bosma had that hubris, most of the team bought in, but not, you know, there were some critics of Bosma. Whereas, you know, everyone on the Penguins now they, they still believe that they're this they're this team that won the Cup in sixteen, and they just aren't anymore. You know, the Rangers are clearly a faster team than them. Carolina is, you know, a tough you know a tough play, and Florida can score at will. You know, it seems you know it seems like their problem is they just don't have a consistent number one goaltender, uh, and we all know Sergei Bobrovsky's history in the playoffs. So, I mean, there's question marks to be had, Frank. It's just that, I mean, if they play Florida, I, I don't see them getting by Florida. I don't see them getting by Carolina, and I don't see them getting by New York. If, if they do happen to do that, I will gladly come on here. I will take fan questions. I'll let people call in if we could do it, <laughs> and I'll eat all the crow, Frank, but I just don't see it. No, it's starting to look a little bit grim also, you know, to me too. It's you, you watch some of the better teams and the Penguins have had a great year. Don't get me wrong. I think they've overachieved. I mean, they weren't expected to do this well. A lot of experts picked them to miss the playoffs. So, I mean, one point away from hundred, a hundred with four games to go, they're going to get, they're going to looks like they're going to have another hundred point season. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, maybe being the underdog serves them better. We'll see. Um, Somebody was, you know, I was here in one show um, say that Florida might be the best matchup because of that goaltending problem. Yeah. Um, we've been in Bobrovsky's head before. And um, especially if you can sneak in the first couple wins, you know, what I mean, really create that seed of doubt in that in that Florida Panthers team. And not, and not to cut you off, Frank, uh, history was made tonight with the Penguins as Casey DeSmith has the most saves in a shutout record in Penguins history. Fifty two. There are no, he's wow, the most I can't believe he was 52 for 52 tonight. Yes. I didn't realize that's how many. I was in and out watching mostly the Pirates, but what a yeah. what a 52 save shutout. That's amazing. No, no, no penguin goalie history has saved that many shots in a shutout. I feel like they like maybe they weren't a lot of and not to take any of the way thing away, but quality scoring. Quality. Kid. I don't think there was that much, but good for him. Um 52 still a lot, and that's yeah, a, a good confidence booster if every if anything. Yeah. Playing playing a playoff team. The Smith's going to be the guy for a round, maybe two if they advance. So it's a great confidence booster. We will see Deming get the net one game this weekend to get him some work. Um, he's a guy that I think can be capable as well, hopefully not called upon. I mean, we saw Jeff Zatkoff. I was actually at the game in 2016. Mr. Game 1, they called him, um, as he won a game for the Penguins in the playoffs with the top two guys, Fleury and Murray, out. But... No, just getting back to my thoughts on the Pens the last couple of weeks. They, you know, I was looking at the the win loss, um, and uh, they've been they they went five seven and four in their last sixteen. So let's they they have kind of been sputtering. Um, you know, that's five and eleven really if you're not counting like loser point losses. Five and eleven in sixteen games. Um, it's when the schedule kind of got hard. You know, middle. You know. January, February, when they were hot, it was a lot of Buffalo, Ottawa, Jersey, um, yeah. on the schedule. And you know, lately, like you you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, Colorado and Minnesota and Nashville and like playoff teams and the Rangers and so yeah, they've they've kind of sputtered. But these last four games, they have a chance to kind of you know finish strong, maybe solidify getting that three seed. Um, and like you said, it, it's it's going to be Florida, um, 
the Rangers or Carolina. Um, it's going to be one of those three teams. And the Rangers have just wiped us clean the last three games. And we actually, or we, we won one of them, won nothing, but barely. And the other two was just, a, you know, Ranger blowouts. And um, I I don't love that matchup. Um, Shesterkin's and a heart trophy candidate this year, not just Vezina. And um, Carolina with Anderson hurt. Maybe we have a shot there in Florida with the Bobrovsky getting his head. But uh, no, we'll, I can't wait. I'm excited. We'll do a, pen, a an NHL playoff preview. And that's probably the week or two after our, our live draft episode. Um, the playoff preview will be a fun episode where that'll be a kind of our meat and potatoes segment. Um, this, this is just a short NHL segment tonight. We're wrapping it up, but uh, our, our, um, our, our main segment tonight's NFL draft. And uh, in a couple of weeks, our main segment will be this uh, Stanley Cup playoff preview. And then we'll get into the, we'll get into the rounds where Bronson does his game breakdowns, which is always fun. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Depends. I hope they finish strong. Bronson, they're right in the ship a little bit. Casey the Smith getting some confidence. Um, good win tonight. So, um, <laughs> go ahead. What else cut you off? And I think if you're Casey to Smith, and then, you know, maybe I'm trying to, I'm even going to try to put you in the head of Casey. You know, I don't know Casey to Smith. Um, you know, but I, I play goalie and, you know, not in the NHL level, but I, you know, playing a goaltender, goaltender for years I have, you kind of, in what kind of mindset you would have if you're him. There's no pressure on you, really. Like, the experts are predicting that you guys are going to be out of the playoffs. It's like, you know, it is like, Jeff, you know, kind of like Jeff Sackhoff. You're the third goalie going in there. You're like, you're playing with house money, man. Just have fun. Go in there. And, the, and, and there's still games left in the regular season, I'm saying. Go in there and just have fun, man. Just just embrace the moment. You're going to be going up probably against, you know, a goalie like Igor Shosturkin, maybe Ronto or Bobrovsky, maybe Spencer Knight. You know, you're going to face tough teams. And maybe, you know, guess what? A guy that's been told his whole life, you know, you're an you're you're a tweener, you're a, you know, you're you're the the four A guys. Mark Madden likes to say that, you know, there's certain guys he, he calls uh, Nylander, the guy the guy Pittsburgh acquired. He's been known as a four A guy. He's a guy who kills it in AAA and then, you know, is moderate in the NHL. But you know, just get in here and play and have fun. Like no pressure. He shouldn't feel any kind of pressure, and his team should play well in front of him. And and then like I said, Frank, I don't know if that's going to pay dividends. You know, probably not, but. I don't think he should go in there, you know, you know, puckered up. I think he should just go in there and have fun, just play his game and just really just just embrace this moment for him, you know, win, lose or draw. And, like, and he's going to have a little bit of a, you know, a, what would you call that in the show business, a dress rehearsal? He's going to have quite the dress rehearsal here in this lens back stretch. So, you know, Madden's always been, you know, dismissed, you know, less is more than he's right. You know, the more games he plays, the less likely. But you just if you're Casey to Smith, man, just just. Say, just turn up, you know, shut the haters up, man. Focus on yourself. You're too small. You're too this. Go be yourself. Go be, go have fun with this, man. You know, you're, you're expect, you're expected to be left for dead anyway, theoretically in, 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 in these playoffs, go out there and just have fun. And that's, and that's all I, if I were to tell Casey, you know, like he needs my advice, you know, some nickel and dime jabroni's advice, but you know, if I was talking to him and I'm sure any kid is doing a great job, Frank, I think one thing that we need to understand is how great Andy kid, I think has been as a goalie coach. And, you know, my friend Dalton and I, you know, he was the first one to bring it up. And I, and I was, and I, and I, uh, you know, to quote, uh, to quote Smokey Robinson, I second his emotion. Whereas maybe Matt Murray and, and, and the Smith or Matt Murray and Tristan Jari last year weren't the problem. Maybe it was, you know, maybe it was Andy, but or, you know, Mike Buckley, the, the goalie coach. It just seemed like all the bad habits started happening when he was the coach. He was let go and Kyoto was taking over and look how great Jari's been this year. And I think, you know, this had some issues here and there, but 
I think overall as a whole, I think he's had, he's, you know, he's come up big when they've had to. And, and hopefully the trend continues, Frank. And like I said, I'm not hard on as DeSmith as a lot of people are. And maybe it's just, I don't think I'm hard on any goalie period because I play goalie and I just, I have a kinsmanship with that position. And I don't, I don't like to see guys get beat up. So um, I'm an optimist, you know, people can roast me over the, the fires if they want, but um, I'm not saying he's going to win a series, but I don't, I think he should just go in there and just have fun with it. Play the game he loves to play. Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for him for sure. And, you know, the only bad thing about, like, not bad thing, but tough thing with DeSmith is just his size. And, you know, he's got a lot of heart and a lot of skill. But, and Madden said this, I can't take credit for it, but because um, I was listening to Madden the other day, it's just, DeSmith just ain't big enough. And sometimes the puck just gets through him. And it, where, you know, the six, five goalies, it, the puck hits them more. Um, so that's one thing he has to try so much harder. And use so much more skill because he's just a smaller goaltender, six foot, you know, one ninety or whatever he is. But the more he gets in there, the more confidence he has. And when he knows that he's going to be number one going into the playoff series, mentally, I, I think that'll be a big thing. And you know, you know, obviously we're hoping for Jari. To, Casey's probably hoping for Jari to get healthy, um, even though it's a chance for him. You know, he wants yeah. he wants Casey to he wants uh, Tristan to get back. Goaltenders generally, you know, they have a they you know there's it's a fraternity and they they right. pull for each other. I know, I know, you know, in Vegas when they had that you know debate between Flurry and Robin Leonard, you know, the, those guys no no one was bigger fans than the, than they were of each of other. Of each other, right? You push for the other guy, and in 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 that you know people don't see you know you know there's there's no adversity. It's you push each other to be better as a goal, right? You know. The, the the better both of you are, the better you know your team is, and uh, but no, I mean definitely. And it's like it's like even when I play, you know, when I played you know roller hockey, and I, I still do. But I mean, when a couple of years ago, you know, I, I uh, due to scheduling conflicts, I shared a season with uh, I'll shout him out, Brian Lucarelli. So shout out to Brian, good friend of mine. You know, he's he's a goalie. He was much smaller than me, but he's more athletic. So he makes saves that I generally wouldn't make. And I'm less athletic, but more bigger. Obviously, I'm much a bigger guy, so I'd make more saves, you know, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't make. You know, it, it depends on that style of goal. You know, he was like the Mark Andre Fleury, and I was the Robin Leonard. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, the, I'm the panda with the. As long as Bronson doesn't use that uh, VH very horrible goaltender. Position. You know what? I did, I used it a little <laughs> bit a couple years ago, and I used it a little bit last year, and I just I saw it work, and then I got started getting beat on some really bad shots, and. That's when I that's when I abandoned it, Frank. Some, I abandoned, some top shelves, yeah. Yeah, I, I abandoned the VH and I just said I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the corners, you know, play the the post the way I used to always play it. You can get in your head sometimes. It's like it's like analytics in baseball, and, and I'll save that for another subject. But uh, you know, before we get the baseball, but you know, hockey can sometimes fall into that trap too, where you know the analytics and stuff can can kind of make you overthink the game. And it's funny because I don't know if I told the story, and you know, Bronson goes off the rails and tells these stories, but. I was at a sport management convention a couple of years ago when um, uh, Kevin Colbert couldn't make it. And in his replacement was, uh, was Jim Leland. They just like called uh-huh. him to show up and he showed up and he always said, he goes, you know, analytics will always be part of sports, but never, never overthink things. Like if mm-hmm. you have a gut instinct and an intuition, follow that and never, yeah, never overthink things. And, and I've always thought that too. And, and uh, yeah, and then I just, I always, that stuck with me and like a guy like Jim Leland, we actually had a conversation after that with I sat at the table on a conversation with him on a round table. They could have been one of the nicer, you know, nicer guy. And it's fun to hear all the stories about him, you know, all these, but, uh, you know, but, you know, it, you know, even in hockey, it applies too, you know, especially with the analytics. And uh, before we stop, we start talking about this, I do want to give a congratulations 
the Penguins did make a did make a Kessel signing today, although it was not Phil Kessel. <laughs> it was his sister Amanda, and she, I guess I saw that. Yeah. I forgot what her technical position is, but she's going to be doing different things. She's going to be front office, and then you know the you know the 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 sales and marketing side of it, and then um, you know uh, the partnerships and things like that. So she's going to be bouncing around, um, and it was great of the Penguins to get out in front of that. And I love David Morehouse's quote. He goes, uh, "We have we have a knack of signing Kessels." So. You know, <laughs> so congratulations to Amanda Castle. You know, her her Olympic record goes without saying, as well as her collegiate record occurred and had her time in, in, in professional women's professional. And seeing NHL's efforts, you know, and the Penguins' efforts to get more women um, hired into yeah. in roles. So I applaud that as well. Yeah. And, and not to mention this, this, this all kind of stemmed from, uh, you know, Cami Granado. She was hired by the Kraken in the scouting department. And then, of course, when uh, we, we call them, VP O H O Vice President of Hockey Ops, uh, Jim Rutherford, he brought Patrick Alvin as the GM, and then uh, the assistant GM was Cami Granada. So, mm-hmm. congrats! You know, it's great to see women. You know, and I and, and, and I'm not going to go into soapbox for I know this is short, but you know, I've gone to these NHL conferences, these hockey career conferences, and I just love to pick the brains. You know, and you know, it's it's a dream job of mine. So, you know, like even though you know you talk about how realistic it is, I still have to keep my ear to those waters and talk to the people in, the, in that field. And um, and there's believe me when I tell you, Frank, there are plenty. Uh, of of the diverse backgrounds, people of diverse background, you know, you know, uh, ethnicity, uh, gender, all those things. There, there. I've met tremendous amounts of women there who know a lot about hockey, and they they are more more than than uh, they are more than qualified for their jobs that they have gotten in there. Um, so I, I I I'm like you, I spearheaded as well. I'm I'm fully behind the movement. It, it's if you know if you know your stuff, you know your stuff. It doesn't matter who you are. And then uh, I applauded. Hope hope Amanda Kessel gets. A fantastic opportunity, even through this. If it's not with the Penguins, that she can come up with another organization or so and so. So, again, congratulations to Amanda Cass. I just wanted to say that before we jump the ship. No, well said, Bronson. I definitely second that and applaud that. Like I said, so I know the Penguins. They have a that one show was showing they have a uh, <laughs> like a VP of marketing or PR that's a woman. So you're seeing a lot of oh, like yeah, Jen, uh, Milano originally. Yeah. yeah, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, just. Just to keep keep it, you know, and then Michelle Crecciolo, and there's so many others. And NHL Network and ESPN's uh, got a lot of women on their on their team, so definitely definitely a sign that uh, it's it's starting to get more diverse, and, and it's definitely a good thing for the league. But Bronson, I want to transition um, to my segment, but allow myself to introduce myself. As, <laughs> uh, how, about, M- how about how about I take this over? I'll lead you in. Okay. This is probably what was planning, you know. I, I kind of went off of the rails there a little bit. And uh, so we're a little, we're we're a couple weeks deep in here into MLB season, Frank. You, you're you know you're you're battle of buckos, the box. Um, they're not terrible, rocking. yeah. Well, they're still rocking. They didn't. They uh, they always have the same fate. They always have in Milwaukee. Mm, yeah, I knew that uh, was going to happen. Good series against the Nationals, right? They took mm-hmm. two or three against the Nationals. Three Nats. out of four. Three, three out of four. That's right. Yeah. I forgot they played the four game series that one. So the you know, dude gets the Nats, but you know, as always, they get killed by the Brewers. I feel like that's been happening since the beginning of time, and uh-huh. they get killed by the Cardinals. You know, they took the last game of that series, but mm-hmm. it's like the Cardinals and the Brewers, like from the right. beginning of time, have always beat the Pirates. So it just goes without saying. And a lot of other things have happened. I know last, oh, no, we haven't covered because we didn't co- we didn't cover any of the opening. Or no, we did cover last. I called you out on the uh, the Kershaw thing. So that was last episode. We did talk about the the Kershaw yanking with with the perfect game at hand. 
You know, and every time I see that, what always happens is a guy has a perfect, you know, like in this case, Kershaw has a perfect game. They pull him because of the pitch count and analytics, yada, yada, yada. Then we record. Bronson gets mad. He yells at Frank about it. And then Frank usually agrees with Bronson, but then he offers the devil's advocate <laughs> debate. So, you know, that, that's kind of where we go there. But I digress. I, I get off my soapbox and give the, the podium to the Dalai Lama. And allow what 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 he likes so far, what he doesn't like. Um, our boy has not come has not gotten off to a great start on the mound, but we think he'll turn it around. He knows who I'm talking about. Um, and I'll let Frank get, get, get into it. Well, good segue, Bronson. I'll start with uh Shohei Otani and uh that is Bronson and my the boy. show. MLB um, the show. Now it wasn't a it wasn't a great start on the mound, but he <laughs> turned that all around last night as he flirted with perfection. Oh. Um, Bronson may not have seen it, but I did uh, not. It's a dynamite last night. Otani, yeah, Otani retired the first 16, so he took a perfect game into the sixth, um, striking out 12 of those 16. Um, utter filth and just unhittable last night. And uh, it was, I forget the batter, but um, you know, a single in the sixth inning broke up the perfecto. I actually, it was pretty funny, I actually saw that he was perfect turned on my MLB app. Um, and the very first pitch that I, I saw was the hit <laughs> was to break it up, but he finished out the sixth inning, um, and you know, was taken out and, um, the angels were able to get the win for him. So six, six shutout striking out 12. So that was getting back on track for pitching for Otani. The bats come around too. um, there's a funny scene where he was given his bat CPR about a week ago because he was he was in a slump and he was like, oh, my bat's dead. I need to give it CPR. <laughs> and ever since he did that, he's like, you know, batting 500 with a couple homers. They went and played the Rangers in Globe Life Field in Texas in that series. I think he hit three homers. He had a two homer night and then another one of the games he homered. So he kind of got hot there and in, in, uh, deep in the heart of Texas and uh, it's kind of continued. So um, they got to get Trout going, Rendon going and uh all around Otani there. He's still pitching and hitting in the same games, which is yeah. you know crazy. He's leading off pitching. When he gets pulled out, he's allowed to stay in the game and move from pitcher to DH. That's the Shohei Otani rule that just got implemented. Um, so he doesn't have to come out if he's you know removed from the game as pitcher. Um, which How's I like. Syndergaard doing? Syndergaard, I know he, I, his first start was lights out. I, I didn't see how he did his second start. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was okay. So, um, and his third starts coming up. So, so far, so good for him if he can stay healthy. Um, yeah. But around the league, Bronson, it's about two weeks in, and I've been excited. I've been watching a lot of Pirates games. Um, tonight was a Bucks and Pucks game, so the Pens are over. I put the Pirates on now. Um, they were down three zip in this game, but battled back. Your battling Bucks are up four three against the Cubs on Thursday the twenty first. As we watch, uh, hopefully they can get the final. Uh, eight outs here and, and get a win in this uh, opening opening game of this of a three game set in Wrigley. Um, they will play. It's, I think it's a four game set. I think they'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, um, all three games during the afternoon. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast this uh, this coming weekend here. Uh, check out the Pirates in, in in the afternoon against the Cubs, but uh, you know the Pirates were like Bronson said, were able to take three out of four from Washington. They sit at five and seven after they were swept in Milwaukee, which a lot of people kind of expected. They were low scoring games that the Pirates were in until a big hit kind of did them in. Um, three run homer by a Grand Slam by Yelich, three run homer by Keston Hira. Um, 
you know, kind of just a couple big hits did them in in that series. I, I would have liked them to salvage one game. Uh, Mitch Keller pitched good in his game, which is a good sign. They need him to be their number one. Um, but no, I, if you, if the, the Pirates flirt with 500 and hang around 500 as long as they can this summer, um, hopefully it uh, it keeps fans interested. It'll keep me interested. You know, if they start really falling off, and you know, the goal should actually be as a fan to kind of hope for a tank and get another high draft pick, but. I, it's kind of a gamble with draft picks anyway. If you're picking one to 10, you're still in pretty good shape. And I kind of hope that the Pirates at least have a good season where they just kind of keep us interested around 500. Right now, sitting at five and seven. Hopefully tonight, get to six and seven. Um, we'll see. But, you know, far as them, I mean, watching the Pirates, you 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 look for some of the young guys. I mean, Reynolds and Hayes, the, the new contracts was good to see. Um, keep Brian Hayes getting eight years, 70 million. Yeah. Um, team friendly deal, but you know, as far as Hayes goes, um, you know, that's guaranteed money for him. Maybe he's he outplays that contract five or six years into it, uh, three, four years into it. He might be worth 20, 30 million if he really goes to his whole potential and he'll only be making like nine million. But, um, for him right now, young players, uh, 25 years old, um, I think he might be 26, 27, but, um, to get that eight year guarantee and, and 70 million as soon as he dotted the you know, signed on the dotted line. And then they give Reynolds a two-year extension to keep him here till 2025. So if they do have this window where they get good, which they, you know, the prospects are supposed to be coming. Um, I can see Ryan Barnes getting excited right now if he was listening, but uh, they'll have, Hay- <laughs> no, he, he, he will be, they ha- they'll have Hayes and Reynolds to build it around. And some of these young live arms, Will Crow that came over in the Josh Bell tra- trade is yeah. lights out. He was lights out tonight in relief. Um, and then Roanzi Contreras, who came over in the Tyone trade with the Yankees, is just electric. So they got some young arms. They have a I lot know of Barnes is high on uh, O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, he's one. Of, he, he was the Tony Watson trade with the Dodgers. Like they have some young studs in the lineup, you know, bats in the minors and, uh, they, they need to develop some young arms and they have a couple there in Crow and Contreras. Um, and then Quinn Priester, former top, top draft pick of theirs is working his way up through double a. That's the guy that they're drafting and developing. He should be in the rotation. So I think things are looking up and then you build it around Hayes and Reynolds expanded playoffs. Now letting six teams in, I can see the pirates in a couple years. I, I, you know, maybe I'm too optimistic, but you know, flirting with meaningful games in September, the old Neil Huntington phrase, which everybody hated, but it's a truth. If you can have games where you're still in the pennant race late into the year, that's a, a success, you know, in a yeah. small market team, but I don't know, Bronson. Yeah. The pirates have intrigued me so far. I'm always going to watch, um, around the league. Um, some fast starts, the blue Jays as predicted, they're my world series pick. Um, the you angels, heard first. the angels, as we mentioned, um, they lead the uh, the AL West. It's it's tight. Seattle and Oakland are doing good too. I was really high on the Detroit Tigers. They started out kind of similar to the Pirates, five and seven, but um, nobody's running away with that AL Central yet. Um, the Mets are the best team in baseball, and that might might be expected with all the big money signings. They spent a half a billion dollars in the offseason on on free agents uh, with with Max Scherzer and Starling Marte, and if you count the Lindor deal, um, the, you know from last year, it's like they're just bringing in everybody, and they're ten and four. Um, are the Mets, and you know 
the the Braves maybe a World Series hangover. They they started out slow. Um, yeah. Dodgers as expected. Dave Roberts did a little Joe Namath. Uh, will we will win the World Series this year? Which was yeah. kind of we talked kind of bold. yeah. They started out nine and three. By the way. I gotta mention it. I know I got booed. You know, Freddie Freeman's the guy he homered against the the Braves in their series. Yeah, and his first at bat against his old team in the first inning, he went uh, he went oppo. He he hit one out, and uh, it was crazy. The there was an, another um, in game two of that series, the Braves the Braves won it. Um, Kenley Jansen struck out Freddie Freeman for the final out on opposite <laughs> teams, as they you know, Kenley Jansen went to the Braves. And faced Freddie Freeman. It was like a bizarro world. It looks so crazy, but um, yeah, it's been an exciting year. There's a lot of young players I wanted to highlight. Bronson, um, some top rookies. Um, the Pirates are facing the Cubs tonight. Seiya Suzuki. Um, he just got that, struck out by Bedner. Right, which is a big moment in tonight's game. Yeah. Um, not that that strikeout aside, he's been really hot this early. I was just going to ask you about him. So, yeah. Four homers already towards the top of the league. Um, 10 or 11 RBIs puts him in, in the top of the RBI leaders. We played them in PNC Park the opening series, and he had three homers in the series and kind of, you know, destroyed the Pirates. Um, so he's been good. I have him on my fantasy team, um, which I, I'll get into a little bit too. Um, I'm in a friendly league with some guys from one of my old jobs, but um, we had a, a live draft at Buffalo or at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube. It was fun. So I got Suzuki. And then I made a free agent pickup from another rookie from the Guardian, Stephen Kwan. He's a guy that nobody's heard of. I think he played at Oregon State, um, college guy. Comes in. Set, I, I don't know if it was a major league record, but one, very close to it. He didn't swing and miss in his first five games, 116 pitches in a row without a swing and a miss. He's a contact guy. He's not going to hit you 20, 30 homers, but he's going to have a high on base, um, speedy guy, good outfielder. He's He's been hot out of the gate, hitting uh, close to 400, so keep an eye on him. I also have uh, Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds. He threw 39 pitches over 100 miles per hour in a start against the Dodgers. So he's a flamethrower. Kind of an Aroldis Chapman, but from a starting pitcher. Um, just fireballs, topped out at 102 um, and threw nearly 40 pitches over 100. Um, Matt Brash is a name to, to, to remember. He's a, a starter for the Mariners. If you want to look at some some funky wiffle ball pitches, um, <laughs> YouTube, like a compilation of Matt Brash, B-R-A-S-H. Um, he just makes the ball do stupid things. And hitters are, are you know just left shaking their head. They just like grab the bat and walk back to the dugout because he's been <laughs> he's been untouchable. Um, so yeah, there's a lot what's of good he, young... what's he Wakefield or a Dickey? Like what's he? It's not knuckleballs. It's like it's like two seamers with movement and like you know back foot sliders to lefties that just like disappear. Um, yeah, he's just and it's you know it's upper nineties with movement. Um, it, it's just gross. So I, I picked him up when I saw some of that. Um, Torkelson, the number one overall pick from a few years ago, was had a really slow start. I think he was like one for 10, um, but has gotten hot lately. I think he's hit two or three homers. Um, they're moving him up in the lineup there in Detroit, so watch out for him. 3,000 watch. Miguel Cabrera is one hit shy of 3,000. I did see that. And the, and the Yankees intentionally walked him in the eighth inning last night. You should have heard the boos, Bronson. Aaron Boone... <laughs> 
Aaron Boone put up the four fingers and the booze rained in, but it was a smart thing to do. There was a base open, um, a, a, yeah. a, a lefty on deck against the lefty pitcher. It was a smart move, but um, all the fans that bought tickets to that game thought they would have one more chance to see it. And there, and there goes the intentional walk. So another reason for people to hate, hate the Yankees, the, the, the broadcaster said, but um, so that's a milestone that you're going to see this year. Um, Miguel Cabrera, well deserved, by the way. Yeah, been at it for 20 years now. Bronson and I dating ourselves. Remember him debuting as a rookie with the Marlins. Marlins. So just World series. Yeah. Burst onto the scene as a rookie in that. He was uh, like a twig then, too. Yeah, in that 03 World Series, kind of carrying the Yankees to that uh, that six-game, uh, carrying the Marlins to that six-game yeah. win over the Yankees. But um, So, yeah, that's going to be, for the next couple nights, he's going to get 3,000 hits. That's going to be a big deal. Um, I think he has 500 homers, so he's in that rare club of 500 homers, 3,000 hits. There's only been like six or seven guys, I think, maybe less than that. Um, but no, that yeah, I mean, it's been exciting to watch these young guys. I do have MLB.TV, the package, so I can pull up games whenever I want. Um, been watching my fantasy team. MLB Network, TBS, um, ESPN. There's a lot of, like, a lot of games on, um, so... You know, check out your local listings, and there's a lot of exciting teams. You know who um, I love on the Pirates? Yeah. I don't, and I'm not really familiar with their roster. Like, I need, I gotta start Vogelbach. Yes. <laughs> I love guys who look like me. And he looks if Bronson like... were a baseball player, he would be Daniel Vogelbach. Oh, my God. I'm watching He's like going to grow a cult following. He has a two run bomb tonight. Yeah, that, I just saw that, it. It got us back in it. He is hilarious looking. He's like a little. Looks like a cartoon character. He like, looks. He looks like no he neck. Looks like a chubbier Bo Gentry. Yeah, yeah. With the curve. A peanut boy. <laughs> yeah. He's like a bigger Bo Gentry. I love it. I love it. No neck. Then you have like Cole Tucker. He look. You know. He looks. He, he looks like the kid in high school who tried to. He tried to sell you weed. <laughs> um, though he's dating Vanessa Hudgens, so. I'll just wrap up with uh, Bronson. I'm with sorry, some, I hijacked. No, no. Frank. I'll wrap up with some stats. Um, Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, you know, leading the league and hitting Josh Naylor of Cleveland, 429. I mean, it's early. Nobody's going to hit 400. Nobody's done it since 1941. Ted Williams. But there are some guys, you know, two weeks in, 30 at bats, um, still, you know, hovering around the 400 mark. Um, CJ Crone has been really hot for the Rockies. Six homers leads the bigs in home runs. He was a guy that I flirted with taking in fantasy, and I should have done it. We actually auto-drafted a guy that wasn't there. We gave him C.J. Crone, and he's the oh, best home runner. Best Corey, Corey's field, brother. That's a hitter's ballpark. Um, RBIs, Jose Ramirez of the Guardians, um, who's been a great player, and he just signed a massive extension, too. I think got 150-some million from Cleveland. Um, 20 RBIs already in the first two weeks on a on a torrid pace. Um and Matt Olson has been good for his hometown Braves, replacing Freddie Freeman. People thought the pressure might get to him. Leads the big leagues in hits with 20. Um, leads the sec, it leads the National League in, in batting average at 400 even. Um, plays a gold glove first base. So not that they'll forget Freddie Freeman, but Matt Olson is going to, you know, maybe make fans just, uh, it makes that loss a little bit That's- easier. I saw that. Uh, I think it was that Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, gave uh, Freddie Freeman the by Felicia. 
Gee, I guess he was not a fan. Well, this was a story that's grown legs, and I don't know how true it is, but because it's through translators, because he doesn't speak English. Um, apparently, he did tweet that, uh, you know, good riddance to Freddie Freeman. I never liked him. He was no fun. He was too hard nosed. He was like, he was, you know, no fun league. He he one time made Acuna change his his outfit on the road. And said, you know, that's not the Braves way. We don't dress that way. And, you know, I'm kind of old school and like that stuff. I would have been like, you know, it's yeah. a it's a veteran player that's a team captain. You you you're a rookie, you kind of listen. You, you you just put your head down and you listen to him. But um that's that's what it was it stemmed from. And I believe that that happened, but I'm I'm not sure if some words were put in the mouth of Akinya that kind of he hated it and it said good riddance to Freddie. Yeah. They interviewed Freeman and Freddie Freeman kind of got choked up because he said, I love Ronald. He's a, you know, a, a world-class talent. And I, you know, I, I hope that that's not true. And, you know, they're next time when, whenever they play each other, Acuna's rehabbing right now an injury. So he wasn't there for that series. Yeah. But when they, when the, when the Braves come to, when the Dodgers come to Atlanta, I hope I see that game because the fans are going to give a standing ovation to Freddie. And then Acuna and Freddie will probably like meet on the, you know, yeah. During, during pregame warmups at the cage or st- while stretching, hopefully they'll meet and kind of air it out and hug it out. But uh, that was a big story. You're right, Bronson. And I do want to take a quick second to talk about the the Clayton Kershaw yanking um, because he brought it up. I mean, I pretty much scripted how it's going to go. But, so, so give me my like 10 seconds here to say, come on, Frank, <laughs> get a perfect no, game. If it, if you're going to like, I can kind of digest it better. Well, you said like I. This is where I I did I I think he should have been left in. The pitch count was only in the seventies. He threw seventy four some pitches. You just you just let him go out there. They said he you know short spring training coming off injury last year. Um, it's really risky. And they said Kershaw actually asked to come out. So oh. if that's the truth, it's not on Roberts, but. I have to think if you're around 70 pitches, um, it wasn't his first start of the year. He already had a start, I think, already. Um, you just try to go, you, you play it by ear and you stay in there 80 pitches, 85 pitches. If it gets broken up, your decision's made for you. Um, if it gets to the ninth and he's at like 90 pitches, how are you feeling? Do you want to go for it? The thing is, a perfect game is so rare. There's only been 23 ever. Um, there's been you know 260 no hitters. So it's kind of one of those things. Clayton Kershaw has a no hitter, and it was a, a Hanley Ramirez error that cost him a perfect game. He actually was one, you know, one, one away from a perfect game. So that was a that was a shame. But since he already had the no hitter on his on his uh, resume, he, he didn't probably push for it. But a perfect game is something I would maybe push yeah. the push the envelope for because it's such rarefied air. But I hear it was Roberts and and Kershaw's joint decision. They both agreed. It was a short spring is training. Is Kershaw I'm, having I'm, the skips back though? Is that is that where is it? You, what's your opinion on that? Or do you think that Kershaw met, won it out? I, I it might be him protecting his manager for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, everybody's about like you know the league is not the league we grew up watching. It's like pitchers come out in the fourth inning now. Pretty obvious now. Fifth, yeah. You know, you know, remember Blake Snell coming out in the World Series? That was the beginning of the end. Like yeah. analytic driven. Do not fate the third time through the order get taken out. It was, it was a different. It was a different reason, but it baseball started to lose its luster to me. It was the first year that the Nationals made the playoffs, and they and I believe there was some uh, there was some uh, you know above above the the roof uh, threatening or influence. 
when they sat Strasburg in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like he's your best pitcher and he's the reason he got in there, but they literally just sat him, you know, because there was that, I guess allegedly there was a threat from, he was a Boris guy that, you know, maybe that he wouldn't stay there. If, that if was back in him. 2012. I remember yeah. as I was, uh, my sister was getting married and the playoffs were on at the rehearsal dinner. That's, was, that's when things started to sour for me, Frank. Right. So, but no, that's, uh, I'm excited. It's been two weeks, Bronson. We'll, you know, next episode will be about a month into the season. Um, after our draft special, we'll, go, we'll have a normal episode yeah. and it'll be nice to see where the, where everybody is after a month. Cause you know, that month of April, um, we'll get into May. A lot of players start cold in April with the weather, you know, it's cold and we'll start getting into May and we'll start seeing some teams separate themselves. Some players start to compile some stats and, um, I'll have a good breakdown and catch everybody up. Uh, what's you know what's happened in the first month, but um, yeah, thanks for doing uh, letting me do the baseball segment, Bronson. I want to get us into um, I want to transition into our main event of the night, and we'll have a little bit of a quick get at the end up on a few other things, but um, we're about an hour in. We are behind on time, but we're doing okay. Um, yeah. The NFL the NFL draft a week away. Um, it's Thursday the 21st and uh, Thursday the 28th will be the NFL draft. And Bronson, you know, they're carrying on that tradition of doing it on a Thursday night. I think it's been maybe the last four or five years, kind of to give it a prime time feel, um, you know, give it a weeknight prime time slot. It used to be Saturday afternoon where they only do round one on Thursday night. And then they kind of, it's kind of not as highly yeah. rated, but you know, the, the, the Friday and Saturday do the later rounds. But I love it. Bronson is great theater. I think it's in Vegas this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it, it is in Ve- it's in Vegas this year, Detroit. and next year it's gonna be in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, a week away. You guys have all seen mock draft after mock draft, and it's been talked about a lot. Um, where everybody's gonna fall locally here, Steeler fans. Um, we sit at 20 and have so many options. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, Bronson, maybe I'll give his, you know, kind of his wish list to the Steelers take. I'll give mine um, who we think we'll take, who we want to take. Um, bounce around, make, maybe, will there be a big trade? Will there be like some teams trading up to get somebody? Where are the quarterbacks going to go? So a lot of fun stuff to talk about, Bronson. I'll kick it over to you. I'm kind of out of breath after my baseball segment. So yeah, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you start it and take it whatever direction you want. Well, and, that's kind of more what I was asking you about. Like where you know, and I don't think we're gonna do, you know, we're gonna do like you know, a mock draft or anything like that. I think you you know, I told Frank I said if we do a mock draft, you know, next tomorrow it's already outdated because someone trades up a pick or whatever. But just maybe go over some some top talent and you know the obvious picks and maybe um thought maybe just cover like I know during the quarterback carousel, we cover where we thought some of the rookies will go. And that can remind us of the picks we made. So I'll give Frank and myself an opportunity to uh, to, to amend the list. They can change the pick because that was before free agency and a lot of trades and signings of influence possibly. And, and not to mention the combine and where uh, you know certain prospect quarterback prospects uh, have moved up or down on the charts. So I'm going to bring that up and let Frank and I a chance to – amend our list before going into Thursday. But Frank, I mean, it's, it's really not hard to talk about, you know, what's going to happen at the top. I think Jacksonville goes for either a tackle or a pass rusher. Um, they really don't need a, a, a another edge rusher because they have good talent there. But um, I think with the prospects coming out, I don't think they can pass up. I personally think it will probably be uh, Aiden Hutchinson, the number one pick. Uh, they could go off the board. They could get uh, 
they could get Kayvon uh, Thibodeau or or they could get um um you know Trayvon Walker or someone like that. But I think they said Pat they take Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know how you not. I think if Urban Meyer was still the coach, they probably wouldn't because some egomaniacal mechanism in his brain would probably say, you know, I'll take a Wolverine, you know, because he, he bleeds Scarlet and Gray so much. But uh, you know, Doug Peterson's there, Frank. I think Dougie's a smart guy. I know his ending in Philly didn't, you know, was not the the way you want to go out. But I think they 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 um they smart. No, they take Aiden Hutchinson. And I'm telling you right now, if they don't take Aiden Hutchinson. The the, the Lions are definitely going to take Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but you know, it's, it's very de heavy. Um, obviously, if Hutchinson goes one, I think Trayvon Walker probably goes two. And then you know, Ahmad Sauce Gardner is going to be a top five pick corner. Um, you know, and obviously we talked about Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, you know, a lot, you know, probably the Jets, either the Jets or the Giants, probably the Jets, Evan Neal from Alabama, the tackle, you know, those are probably your, you know, your top talented players. Um, in terms of the Steelers before we really go to the quarterbacks, I mean, it seems like a lot of heat's picking up that the, the Steelers like Malik Willis. I mean, Tomlin's pretty much smitten with the kid. And I know he talked to other quarterbacks. I know uh, Ritter's been – they brought Ritter in. They brought, you know, they brought um, – oh, God, the kid from uh, Howell. They brought you know, they brought some guys in. But Tomlin and, and, and Malik Willis went off for, for chicken wings. I mean, and, you know, and, uh, you know, that's allegedly what was posted. He went They went for wings together. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and Malik Willis's coach basically said that, that Tomlin's in love with him pretty much, you know, his talent. So that's what I'm hearing too. Yeah. It's what leading a lot of sports talk radio and a lot of Pittsburgh area people to think that, uh, you know, maybe Steelers get nervous that Malik Willis won't fall to them and they'll, they'll go up and get them. Um, kind of, you know, before I move on, Frank, kind of, what do you, what do you think how the top shades off? Do you think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Hudson number one. Yeah. It's, a, it's crazy how many edge rushers D linemen are high. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in a quarterback league where you're trying to beat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, it's the only way you're going to do it is, you know, getting pressure on these quarterbacks. So it's there's such a high premium on, you know, the edge rushers, the D linemen, outside linebackers. Um, yeah, Hutchinson's rated number one. He had a good combine. Um, I, I watched him play a lot of games at Michigan. You know, always a guy you have your eye on. Um Heisman Trophy finalist. Yeah, it just seems like that's the, you know, Jacksonville needs a ton of help. I don't know if getting him does much. I feel like they need, you know, help with skill skill position. I think they need help on offense yeah. to help to help Trevor Lawrence. But there's no breakout skill player this year. You know, um, the wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, uh, Drake London, um, you know, they're rated like in the teens. You don't, you, you know, if you're maybe, if you want to, the Jaguars, you know, with Hutchinson not being this all-world, like, generational talent, it might be a year you would say trade down. Um, maybe somebody's in love with somebody and would move up to that number one. I'm not hearing any rumors of that, but, you know, the Jaguars need a ton of help. I mean, trade down trade down to 10 and pick up a couple second or third rounders. But, uh, you know, the Steelers are learning with T.J. Watt. You can build a team around a guy like that. So, you know, if Aiden Hutchinson turns into you know something close to Watt, it's a game changer. TJ Watt literally won us some games this year. You think about the Bears game. Um Seattle. Yeah. They can edge rushers can phys- you know physically win you games. So 
Um, I think he goes number one too. I love Evan Neal, the tackle, or yeah, the tackle from Alabama. Yeah, from just a, he's like a, a you know, he's a, an aircraft carrier out there. He's just, <laughs> um, so he's definitely going to go top five. You know, throw him, throw him in a, in a hat and kind of pick him out with these teams picking in the top ten. It's going to be interesting and it's going to make for fun TV because I don't think there's like a of the top ten, um, you know, anybody could go from from one to ten. So. Um, it's going to be, it's every, it's not going to be like all chalk. You're not going to kind of know Thibodeau from Oregon was a guy that was supposed to go number one or two who has fallen lately. I don't know. I I'm hearing it might be like attitude things, um, with him. Um, but he's a guy that's kind of, you know, some team around six, seven, eight, you know, snatches up a guy that's ranked, ranked one or two. Um, they're going to be really happy. Um, yeah. Steelers, um, 20th will they trade up again i don't think so they they did it for devin bush and got bit because he's not really panning out um they traded a first round pick for minka which they never do um so i i think they're going to be in colbert in his last year i don't think he wants to like push all the chips to the table i don't think he wants to like make his legacy being like i'll gamble with the team's future so i think they stay at 20 and i think they do that boring best best available player um, unless, like you said, if Tomlin is so in love with Willis and he's there at 20, there's like no way they pass him up. Um, I don't think Willis goes there at 20. I think, I, think I, I know there was, you know, there's rumors that maybe Carolina wants him, which kind of, which kind of uh, uh, deviates from the Matt Roll love affair with Kenny Pickett. Um, Seattle maybe might well be on the board there as, you know, Russ's yeah. successor. And he's, um, I don't think he's, he's been rising. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see him falling that low. In a per, you know, you kind of talked about who you maybe wanted the Steelers to take. That was kind of, I was going to transition to asking you that, but uh-huh. so you, you already started. No, no, it's great. You started talking about it's perfect. Unless I got to say, you know, I, I in a perfect world love to see them get Jordan Davis from Georgia or one of those Georgia tackles, but I like Jordan Davis. Oh, uh, me too. I'm, I've been the Jordan Davis guy for a while. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's, the, I think I said on the show, he could be the new big snack, you know, the new Casey the Hampton. Big snack, babe. That's and, what I love um, to hear. Gosh, you, can you imagine what he frees up Watt and Hayward to do? Um, yeah. I have a CBS. And just think of two like wants to come back. Right? Oh my gosh! I have a CBS Sports mock draft right now that has him going twenty to the Steelers. It does have love Jordan it. Davis. Love it, Frank. I, and, and I, that's the smart pick. Six foot seven, three forty. That run a sub ran a four seven forty. Like, give me a break. What what an athlete at that size. And you know there won't be pressure on him because of T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward. Yeah, they, they can. Hundred percent. It's just a guy that's just going to be a. In in the backfield, not not as good as Aaron Donald, but disruptive, and just get double teams, free up Hayward and Watt. I would love the pick, or you know the other Georgia guy. Um, there's a a linebacker Lloyd that everybody's talking about right now, Devin Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, Steelers, I think you know what I what people are talking about is that we're pretty weak at wide receiver. And there's not. I know. Good, I know a couple of mock drafts had them taking. I don't think it was um, Garrett Wilson. I think there was um, what Alave or Alave, the other the other yeah. elastic guy. I think they'll go receiver in the second round. Um, yeah, but uh, it's a weak receiver draft. I, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, and you know I'm a Pitt fan. I don't like Penn State, but I, I watch a lot of Penn State games. Jahan Dotson is a guy you can't take your eye off of. He would be a guy, and he won't be around for the second round. He's going to go late first. Yeah. Um, if we could like trade up in the in like in the early second, 
to get somebody like that. I don't think they'll do that because it'll cost too much. But um, let's see if. And here's the other thing: there's the Kenny Pickett factor. And I don't want to cut you off because I, yeah. I do want to talk about the Pickett thing. Uh-huh. My man Walt, you know Walt Cherpinski runs WalterFootball.com. Yeah, he he's got them right now. His updated one. He's got them taking Kyle Hamilton, the uh, the the safety slash backer from Notre Dame. See, I'm hearing um, he's going to go higher than that. He thinks that he thinks Hamilton will fall if not on his list too. He has there's maybe taken and I've heard this one before a couple times. Um, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, the, the um, that'd the be a great pick too. We you know we did we did beef up our O line and free agency, but it's no game breakers. Um, yeah. I would love Linderbaum or Trevor Penning. He's the big mean. Penning's tackle. another one too. Well, he's what, 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 yeah. Northern Iowa. Or Northern something. Iowa tore up the Senior Bowl. He's big yeah. and he's big and mean. Where was that? I was looking for. Um, oh yeah, Lloyd. The, he's from Utah, actually. Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Yeah. yeah he's from Utah. Yeah, they, 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 he has the. He's one of the Patriots. There was a guy on the Athletic that said Devin Lloyd is like, you know, super talented. You know, tons of speed. Um, a guy that you know, when teams played Utah, it was the 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 guy every every coach game planned around. Yeah. Um. So. Really good linebacker. I don't know if he plays inside or outside, but Steelers, uh, you know, could use help at yeah. either. Devontae Wyatt's the other Georgia tackle. Yeah, they had, he's he's a little later in the first round. He's projected. Yeah, that right now. Georgia that Georgia defensive front was <laughs> insane. So they national it championship all. winning. As yeah, Georgia in the national cha- you know to beat a juggernaut like Alabama, you gotta have you gotta have studs on the D line. You know, you know, like like Jordan Davis and of course like uh, like you know Devontae Wyatt. So. You know, like you said, you know, more this draft is kind of, you know, it's kind of built upon the you know, the edge rushers, the down linemen on the defensive side as well as on the offensive side. And, you know, you're always going to have your wide receivers, Frank. Um, but uh, I think we should lead into um, the quarterbacks. And um, I mean, we know the rankings of where they were, you know, uh, what happened to the comment. Going back into the uh, NLN sports cast archives here, the Bronson notes. You know, maybe one day this this uh, this uh, yellow legal pad will be submitted to the uh, <laughs> Museum of Radio and Broadcasting or Television Radio <laughs> Broadcasting. Uh, you know, whatever it goes. But anyway, who Frank? So let's start. You know, let's start with Kenny Pickett. Or, no, let's just start with Malik Willis because he's actually the guy that's kind of rising above Pickett in some mock drafts. Frank, you had him going to the Commanders uh, when we first started the quarterback carousel, and I did say he would go to to, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think to keep things interesting, I'm going to stay with my my view. I think he will be a stealer. I think Tomlin figures out. I think he convinces Colbert and you know whoever possibly will be the next in line to be the 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 football ops guys, whether that's Brandon Hunt or Omar Khan or you know even the outside uh, rumors were that Lewis Riddick is in the running. Um, he, he loves Pickett. <laughs> he he's gonna yeah. Who loves Pickett because he's a pick guy? Does Riddick? Mm-hmm. But I think I think that. Tom, Tomlin, this is his first, you know, all the years he's coached the Steelers, he gets to go, he gets the shot for the quarterback, and he loves Malik Willis. A lot of people see him as like the next Cordell Stewart, you know, and I, I think Tomlin go, he, he goes to bat for his guy. This is the guy I want, and I think they make a trade. I don't know what they'll give up, but I think they do get, they do get Malik Willis. I think a lot of people aren't going to like that. I, I myself don't know if I'll like it, but I'm not talking about what I want them to do. I think about what I think they will do. And I do think they will fall in love with Malik Willis, and that's who they'll take. I would love Jordan Davis. I think they get Malik Willis. Yeah, I mean, and and Colbert said, you know, if Pickett's available at twenty, 
we can't pass him up. Um, and a lot of people were like, well, he only said that because he knew Pickett would be gone. Now it's kind of like he might be worried because Pickett's fallen to that 20 range. Yeah. And he might have to, he might have to put his foot in his mouth and, and, and face the, you know, you pass on Pickett, you promised you'd take him. But um, if Willis is gone and the Steelers don't trade up to get him and Pickett's there, I, it'd be hard for the Steelers to pass on him. You know, if to, you know, just the hometown kid kind of just put it on the board. Come across. No, I'm not saying I predict that, but you know, I would love it. I, I think, I think he has. You know, Pickett's definitely a guy with all the intangibles. He's got, you know, that moxie, that will to win. That, uh, you know, I love his scrambling ability. Um, but uh, you know, I I want the Steelers to be beef up that D line or O line. Get you know, get depth and positions they need, um, and see what Trubisky can do for a couple of years. Um, the the future quarterback could be in next year's draft, the year after that's draft. I mean, maybe we trade up and get, you know, a CJ Stroud or a, a Bryce Young. Um, those two guys are, are hot names and there's a lot more next year. Or maybe we wait till the third or fourth round this year and get a, a Carson Strong. Um, he's he's highly rated as maybe the strongest arm of the whole bunch. Yeah. Um, kind of a Ben Roethlisberger. You know, they thought Rudolph was going to be that, but a Ben Roethlisberger clone. Um, a lot of guys like Strong and you can get them in the third or fourth round. There's people that like Bailey Zappi, the Western Kentucky kid that threw like 60 touchdowns um, as a, as a late round guy too. And they brought in Sam Howe. So there there's guys that, you know, I don't, and, and Ritter and Corral, maybe the Steelers, you know, make the smart pick in the first round and see who's there in the second. Um, Cause obviously with the, um, the, the Haskins tragedy, um, we still need a draft and and maybe sign a veteran. So they're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike Glennon, AJ McCarron. Like we might bring in a veteran. Sam Newton. Yeah, we might bring bring in a veteran and look to draft a guy just to have four guys going into camp. Um, I don't want it to be a first rounder. Um, as much as my heart would love to see Pickett play for the Steelers, and I think I think he would do well here. I think he would be a, you know, a lot of people liken him to Derek Carr. Um, as a comp, and if 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 you get that Derek Carr ceiling, um, that that's that's worth it. Pickett's a little bit older, so that's that's a detractor. You know, he's a super senior, so he's I think he's like three years older than Malik Willis. So you think about that. I mean, that's a big factor. Um, but uh, you know, the Packers didn't start Aaron Rodgers until his mid twenties, and look at the career he's had. So yeah. Um, it's going to be so fun, Bronson, because it's just, it's the ultimate reality show. It's like <laughs> a lot of people, this draft is just, uh, there's, like I said, it's, it's more than any other year I can remember recently of like kind of not knowing who's going to go where is really fun. Um, yeah. Lately, but, John, I, I was driving to the to AEW with John yesterday and he said it, but you just said it, what he said basically is like next year is probably the better crop of talent. Mm-hmm. It's more depth this year, he said, but it's definitely there's more intrigue this year. More high ceiling guys, yeah. 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 So John said the same thing in the car when we were talking. He said there's definitely more intrigue this year, which makes it exciting because there's a whole lot of unpredictability. Yeah. So my I'm gonna Where's say Malik Willis going, Frank. Get to get back to the question. Well, I the way he, <laughs> he's really he's really rocketing up draft boards, and there's teams that need quarterbacks. Um you have Seattle, New Orleans, Washington. Um, I mean, I, Washington. Know they got, I know they got Wentz, but do they drop yeah. his successor? Wentz is, is short term, and he's he's not panning out to be a star. Um, yeah. So 
if the Steelers don't trade up from 20, they're likely not going to get Willis. Tomlin yeah. might Tomlin might love him so much that he does trade up and, and, and we get so Willis. push the chips. Doesn't sound like you're gonna push the chips. And when and when I seen a Willis, I mean I like the guy. Um he's not the guy I would vote to pick, but um I've I've seen the arm strength, I've seen the scrambling ability. Um I, he had a good senior bowl. Um yeah, uh, recruited by Auburn, so you know the, the the talents there. You know, ended up transferring to Liberty, um, a smaller school that plays Liberty, a, a Liberty. It's a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> like the play, it play, they play an easier schedule, but he did he did have them ranked in the top twenty five for a you know went nine and one during the COVID year. Um, yeah, had them in the top twenty five from that small conference, so. Um, I wouldn't hate the pick if we if we got him. I I I don't want to trade away you know a lot of the future to to get him. Um, but I'm super excited to do it live next week, Bronson, and see. Same. What stinks is the Steelers picking twenty. It might not be till like ten thirty, eleven p.m. But <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give a heads up. We're probably not gonna. I don't foresee us going all thirty-two picks. If I feel like doing it, we're gonna do it. I know we Frank might just bug- go to twenty. Yeah, we. Yeah, might I think Frank, Frank will probably at least bug up by then. I may decide yeah. if I'm in a good mood to stay. If we have enough interest, maybe we'll stay after. And yeah, and if YouTube just, works, where I can just drop off and you can. Stay yeah, and on, we, I can you know, just keep rolling with it. And, you know, it, but yeah, if if this YouTube live things work uh, works, um, we might you know be able to do more live podcast and you know yeah. you'll actually you'll get to see a lot more bloopers that my wife katie fixes but uh it's it'll be a lot easier to get inst- instant content out and then it automatically archives so you don't have to i'm worry scared about- i'm scared katie has like all that in like one file where i get like the, the blooper the blooper episode justin mcconnell told me to do that because he's like you you would love to go back and have a an anniversary show to play all the bloopers but they're probably saved, but we'd have to go back and find the, like the original files and, and look for them. But, uh, <laughs> but there are a lot of bloopers that she masterfully cuts out. But uh, yeah, if YouTube Live works, it'll immediately archive like old episodes, and there won't be yeah. any cutting to do. My my producer, our producer, can have uh, some time off if we if we do some episodes on YouTube. But uh, yeah. I don't know where else, Bronson, if you wanted to go. No, I wanted to go quarterback on what team you were. So I said Malik Willis is going to fit. What team do you think is taking Malik Willis? I think Carolina is going to take him at six. Okay. Put you down. I, I, yeah, I think he's I think he's going up that high. Just, to, you know, the buzz you know, around him. It's like you pick the team. You, and, you and, double down or whatever. And Matt Rule, everybody says Rule loves Pickett because he recruited him in college, but I don't think Pickett's going to go that high. And then Seattle at nine, um, if yeah, they really need one, do they do they go up? Do they um, want to do Corral or Pickett? Okay. Um, let's but, see. So you said you think Malik Willis goes to Carolina, so I have Pittsburgh, you have Carolina. Let's let's. I'm going to keep like this. That way we don't we don't move, okay. maneuver all over. The next one is Frank Kenny Pickett. We'll go Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh quarterback, Heisman Trophy finalist, you know, you know, ACC Offensive Player of the Year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Johnny Unitas Award winner. Et cetera, et cetera. I got. I'm going to say New Orleans for Kenny Pickett, which I will like because he can play a similar Drew Brees type game. And I'm kind of tossed on this because I think I want to say New Orleans too. I still want a Jason Luck in four is uh, NFL uh, mock drafts. Where he had he had uh, the Jags not taking Hutchinson, and the, the Lions taking Hutchinson, but then them using the Kenny Pickett goes on a free fall, and the Lions use that thirty second overall pick to take Pickett. So that's kind of toiled my head too. 
I have a feeling. I, I somehow I get this feeling he's going to be a lion. I'd love to see him turn it around there, but it's where like players go to die. It kind of yeah. stinks. So, so but I, I hate, do think I, that it does. It does make sense. Maybe if he goes to New Orleans, you know, maybe he gets a chance there. So I'm going to go with you. I think. And I had, I had, um, I'd pick it going to Denver, but that's not going to happen now with the acquisition of right. of Russ. Um, I don't see that. You know, obviously not going to happen. Um, and I, I in my previous previous prediction, I had, um, I had. Uh, Matt Corral going to New Orleans, but I think I think this is where this is where Pickett goes. I agree with you. He's going to be a saint. He may you know sit behind Jameis or whoever they get you know, or maybe he will get a chance to play. Who knows? But um, it'll be determined. But I'm I'm with you. I think he gets. I think Pickett goes to New Orleans too. I don't think he goes to Pittsburgh. I love Kenny Pickett. I know you're more uh, optimistic about like what he would do when he was here in Pittsburgh. I'm not saying I don't think he'll do bad. I just think that maybe that's not a good place for Kenny Pickett to develop as a professional football player with this fan base, with how this is, it'd be a great story. I get it, but I, I want, I want to look out for the young man and, and I don't think Pittsburgh's worried. I think the fans will eat him alive here. And uh, I don't want that for Kenny. And I don't, but you know, I don't necessarily always blame the fans for James Connors departure. He couldn't stay healthy, but you know, it was kind of, you know, they, they brought him here. They wanted him to be, you know, you know, Willie Parker 2.0 and because he's a pit guy and all that stuff. But, I think it was the New Orleans, Frank, and then we're moving on here. Matt Corral, I had him previously going to New Orleans. Um, I'm going to say um, – um, I'm going to say this to you first, actually, because I'm still debating whether where I know Matt Corral is going to go. Well, it's, it's tough now because you look at, like, the 20s, and it's teams that don't need quarterbacks. Um, yeah. New England, Green Bay, um, Arizona, Dallas, Buffalo, Tennessee, Tampa. Um, oops, excuse me, I gotta sneeze. God bless hit you. The, hit the dump button there. I um, saw you do it. So God bless you. Yeah. Um, boy, would Tampa Bay bring in Brady's successor? That's just such a tough call because you know all the rumors. Will he go to the Dolphins next year? You know, is he done rumors for are he one was year? To go this year, right? If it is, wasn't for the Flores thing, he because he's going to be a Miami. Year. He's going to be a you know a, he might be an owner there. He wants to get into ownership. Um, there was talks about that, but um, I don't. Matt Corral. Now you're starting to get into the second round. I mean, I I'm going to say Corral goes to the Lions there at 32. Okay, okay. Because I didn't you know because I I do have uh. So I have Willis six to Carolina, yeah. um, Pickett nineteenth to the Saints. Oh, 19th, sorry, and then third quarterback is Corral to Detroit at thirty-two. Yeah. I have Corral going to the football team or the Commanders, and that might be okay. the second round actually. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not they specifying like first round. I mean, like I just think where I think teams are going. I see. I think Crowd goes to the Washington Commanders. I think the, um, and I'm going to jump your list here. I think Ritter is the next guy. Actually, he was next. Actually, I had Ritter yeah. next on my list. And I think you're looking at the 40s, and I think Atlanta. Ooh. Because you know they have short term Marcus Mariota, Atlanta at 43. I had Ritter Giants when we did the carousel. I'm not going to deviate. I'm going to stick with that. So 36, yeah, the Giants at 36. 
Um, maybe not believing in Daniel Jones. New new yeah. new era there um, with Brian Dable. So you think new quarterback. And yeah. he could sit for a year or two, um, see what they have. Yeah. yeah. I'm sticking with my chalk, but I didn't. And, that, and that's why I went back to Sam Howe. I still I say Seattle because I had Seattle then. I'm going to stick with it now. And Seattle picks back-to-back 40 and 41. It's kind of like a fancy draft. So Yeah. I, I see. I'm going to Seattle. If Seattle there at 40 and 41 might be like, raise the Jolly Roger. The Pirates pick up a big one tonight. There we go. Great, the battling Buckeyes. Great bullpen. Great bullpen game. Will Crow, David Bednar, Bednar. Chris Stratton, Dylan Peters, shut all shut out innings. There you go. Um, three nothing early, and the Pirates hold it. Hold it. Uh, great the rest manager of the, of the bullpen by our boy Shelty. Right. I think Seattle picking 40 and 41. They 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 won't feel like they're wasting a pick on a quarterback because they have another pick. Yeah. So, um, I think they'll be like, okay, we can use we can get you know a, an offensive tackle or a linebacker at forty and then take Hal at forty one. So. Yeah. So you're going with me on that. Yeah, I Hal to Seattle. Yep. And then you can mention the other guys if you want to talk to the other guys. I mean, yeah, getting down after that, I mean. I, I'm on a list here, and it's it's a big drop off. It's Carson Strong, and yeah. it's, it's those guys, and you know, just it's anywhere, it's any team that just doesn't have a young franchise quarterback. I, I just go. I'll, I'll go Atlanta for Carson Strong. I mean, Indianapolis is yeah. Matt Matt Ryan short term. They could pick a guy. So, yeah. I mean, I don't have, really have any predictions. Yeah, so we don't have to go deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what we wanted to do, guys. You know, for you listening, you know, you don't want Frank and I to do, you know, pick by pick. You know, this guy's gonna go there, and then then the, the, tomorrow we find out the trade. The trade ruins everything, and the, that can really destroy a show. So we're just gonna do where we thought players were gonna go. I think the quarterbacks, the needs are what the needs are, Frank. So those can't really deviate unless you know, unless a Baker Mayfield does get traded, you know, after we stop the record button or whatever. But which is likely our our, our uh, what always seems to happen to us. Um, and Baker Mayfield's another factor too, Frank. I also think don't count the Baker Mayfield thing out. Uh, you know, maybe the Browns might be forced to cut him, but I think what will happen is a team that doesn't come away with a quarterback of what they like goes back to the drawing board and goes to Cleveland and tries to figure something to get Baker. Um, if you told me where I thought Baker fit, I think Seattle would be a, a good place for him. A guy could step in right in there. He has DK Metcalf there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, <clears throat> sorry, I was clearing my throat. I should have hit the dumb button. But um, but no, Frank, and you mentioned you know, the Steelers and the quarterback needs, and we did not mention, unfortunately, you know, the the unfortunate uh the tr- the tragic death of, of of Dwayne Haskins, and we here at the NLN Sportscast, and I'm sure everyone in the NLN family extend their you know thoughts, prayers, condolences to the Haskins family. I know I I'm an anti Ohio State guy. I didn't like him in college because I just didn't want like seeing him win, Frank, but. You know, when he was here in Pittsburgh, you know, he was a Steeler. I didn't, I didn't, you know, you put the black and the gold on, you know, you're my guy. You know, Cam Hayward was a guy I could not stand at Ohio State, but the minute he was drafted by the Steelers, he was my guy. So, um, so like I said, you know, um, just tragic what happened down Florida and uh, our thoughts are with the Haskins family. Um, and, uh, but no, and like, just, I was just trying to get around the NFL real quick, Frank, before we wrap up shop here. You know, Debo Samuel now wants out of San Francisco. It's like, all of these guys now went out of, you know, they went better deals than they went out. Um, right now, vol- voluntary, whatever it is, voluntary camps or whatever, or opening or whatever. And uh, De- um, Deontay Johnson's not there for Pittsburgh. Apparently, he wants paid big. I don't know what that, what he, why he merits that. And I guess everybody wants broken off right now, as the kids say. Um, but 
Um, I think I, I, I would not give him the money, Frank. And if it meant he would uh, leave the team after his contract is over, I would personally drive him to the airport. That's as, as much as I see it. Unless he has a breakout year this year and, earn, and earns the right. But I don't think he has any re- really, you know, theoretic, you know, leg to stand on, you know, trying to ask for all this money. Considering that game in Kansas City, he dropped a, you know, a crap ton of passes. You know, just that's my preference. But I'm not trying to go too deep in the NFL. We just kind of news news tea leaves that have hit the the wire there. But Baker Mayfield's kind of right now the the the, the drama now in the NFL, Frank, of where Baker Mayfield goes and he's not going to stay at the Browns. And I made this joke to uh to John the other day about you know, you know Brandon Brandon Hallowich and I and, and the family that we went to the Big Ben's last game in, in Pittsburgh. We didn't know that'd be Baker Mayfield's last Browns game. You know, it was Baker's last Browns game. So, um, I don't know, Frank. Can I just say anything more before we uh, we we kick we we get into the next segment here? No, it's a good wrap up. I mean, it's the draft is going to be fun, and then like well, you said, it's too enough to cut you off too. And the reason why people assume we're, we're not going too deep in the weeds, I kind of feel like we should save some content for next week while we're you know we're going to need to fill time in between, between picks. picks. Yeah, so right. I'm not trying to really show our hand this week. You know, you know, tune into the draft and uh, like I said, stay tuned to social media. Uh, we're gonna post stuff. If we can get the YouTube thing going, we'll get that going. If not, we'll do the Facebook thing, and that works so great with that Steeler Viking Bronson Bowl. You know, on my mm-hmm. birthday, so that that was a, a big uh, that was a big rave review there. So um, we can always go back to Facebook things, fell, But I would like to do YouTube because not everyone has Facebook and yeah. give everyone a chance to jump in on the conversation. But. I'm excited to like to finish my thought is um, after the draft, like you said, we'll see some of the veterans sign because, um, you know, where you see there's openings and after the draft, you kind of, you might win and then you might see the Mayfield trade. And so like all that fun off season stuff still continues before there will probably be a lull, you know, May and June and then camp start in July. So no yeah. rest, you know, a couple month rest for the weary, but um and then the Steelers made an announcement they'll be back in Latrobe for camp, which is, you know, yeah. you know, some people love it, some hate it, but that's, uh, you know, a tradition. It's good for that area, that economy out there. They missed it the last couple of years. It's uh, the players probably don't love staying in the dorms, but that's going to be back. And, you know, that's Latrobe. That's just our, our crew kind of cut our teeth going. Yeah, you know, those three, four years that we went, you know, every year when we were still in high school age. Um, one of these days we'll have to get the crew all back together and do it again for like an anniversary, but, um, maybe do some type of live, live recording out there would be fun. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for the NFL Bronson. It's, it's, it's a league that has no off season. They love, they love how they still can, you know, move the needle 365 days. It's the best and, soap opera in life, man. Right. So I'm excited for next week to get to get live again with everybody and and see if our predictions are true and see if there's any shakeups, trades and and, and guys falling or rising to, uh, that kind of shock people. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a really fun ride. So tune in next week um, on Thursday, the 28th, I think at eight o'clock, Bronson and I will be live in Ellen Sportscast covering the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah. And we're going to kick in our last segment, you know, Probably more quick hits than final thoughts because mm-hmm. Frank and I have to talk about some things here, and I'll, I'll, I'll lead off, you know, and uh, I'll let Frank prep for his thing here. But uh, so this past Easter Sunday, Frank, you know, and we didn't really talk about how our Easter weekends went. I had a good one. Hope you had a good one as well. I did. Yep. I had I had a double decker one. I went to a friend's on Saturday and was with their family, and then 
Sunday I went and then got to see my brother and his kids and his wife and their family. They they were so uh, hum- gracious to host us. We thank them. Um, but um, there was a race Sunday, Frank, and I usually NASCAR takes Easter off usually, but I think I got kind of where they were going with um, your the the race that piqued Frank's curiosity last year. The the, the dirt race at Bristol made its return this year. Um, you know they ran it the first year last year, Frank. You know, work the kinks out with some things. I know uh, one of the things that did not make sense, and this will probably make you laugh when I bring this up, is uh, it seemed like all the testing was done, like, at night. Like, they tested, they qualified, they did everything, but then they ran the race during the day. D- different track conditions. It was a little dusty and, you know, just was not good quality racing, even though it did turn good ratings and did draw good live attendance. Um, so NASCAR changed out this year. They kept kind of everything in, sa- in the same kind of, uh, premise, but it was done at night. They did the race Sunday night, Easter night. So bring you know, get the family around TV, watch a little NASCAR. Um, I know Frank said he peeked in on a little bit uh, the Sunday night, and uh, NASCAR's been doing like their mystery third person in the booth, you know, since uh, Jeff Gordon has stepped down from the full time gig to uh, uh, to be you know the one of the executives at Hendrick Motorsports. They put Tony Stewart in there, Danica Patrick, Matt Kenseth. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Frank is this week is going to be at uh, Talladega, uh, and that's actually a little bit of a conflict because he works for NBC Sports. But uh, apparently there was a, an okay for NBC Sports to let this happen. So Dale Jr. will be in the booth with Clint Boyer, Mike Joyce Sunday for the Talladega race. But the Bristol Dirt Race was actually uh, filled in the booth by the recently retired uh, two years ago Daryl Waltrip. So old D Dub made his return to the booth for a one week only appearance. Uh, Frank got to hear his favorite call when they dropped the green flag. Boogity, 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 let's go racing, boys. Let's go dirt racing, boys. And uh, this is Frank. I, uh, Frank watched some of it, so maybe he can give me his little opinions before he jumps onto his subject. Um, but this, I thought, I thought the um, uh, the quality of racing was a lot better this year than last year. Obviously, the changing of the cars. This is the first year of the, of the next-gen cars uh, racing on dirt. So maybe they're a little more, um, you know, a little more, uh, you know, paid for for that. Um, uh, and so it was kind of, you know, it was it was a little bit of heartache for some teams, Frank. Kyle Larson, actually, uh, Christopher Bell had a good run at the start of the race, and then he had tire issues. Maybe something broke in the back as well. Kyle Larson uh, had a great, dom- took over from there and dominated. And then, of course, you know, he ran into issues. And so Larson and Bell, your top dirt guys, uh, um, you know, they're out of the race early. You know, they had to deal with tire issues, car issues with this next-gen car, not really been raced on um, on dirt. Um, there was a lot of rain, Frank, which they didn't foresee happening. And uh, on the cars, they have that little grill there on the front there to kind of keep the engine clean, you know, or at least the, under temperature. And with the, the rain, it was, it was loading that thing up. So they literally had to throw a caution out to clear the front of that off. And I know Kevin Harvick and a lot of people have said that was like, you know, that was embarrassing for the sport to do that. They should have planned better for that. But when it was all said and done, Frank, my guy, the guy I've been touting for the last couple of years, Chase Briscoe, was there with Tyler Reddick, two two guys who grew up on the dirt. Actually been racing each other since they were kids. Um, had a great finish there at the end. Tyler Reddick was, you know, I've, I've been mentioned the last couple of weeks, he'd been so close to his first cup win. On the last turn, he ran a lot, he ran a lot of traffic, allowed Chase Briscoe the opportunity to catch up to him off that fourth turn. And Briscoe, you get a chance, Frank, you got to send it in there, you got to give it a shot. And Briscoe was trying to do what they call a slide job, where you you go, you dive deep in the corner and try to slide out and get right in front of your opponent. 
and uh, he did the slide job, realized it wasn't going to work halfway through, then tried to just, you know, just throw the car out of, out of, out of the way, you know, knew it wasn't going to work, but actually he slides up into Tyler Reddick, hits him, takes them both out of the Reddick recovered to finish second, but not before Kyle Busch just sneaks around the track, creeps by the Tyler Reddick and wins the second annual or the, 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 the second ever Bristol dirt race. And Kurt and Kyle Busch, not Kurt Busch, his, his old younger brother, Kyle was uh, critical of the dirt race all weekend. He's been, kind of against it saying this should be off the schedule or you know it's not good racing but uh, he takes the checkered flag and he wins the race so he was not too uh upset about that but um and i'm trying to find some audio here frank this is really quick um so chase briscoe you know takes out tyler Reddick, does not mean to and him and him and uh tyler are actually friends they've raced up through the system together i'm gonna go grab some audio real quick here if we can grab it uh, you know, Chase Briscoe, one, one of the rare guys, you know, he uh, he apologizes. He's walking down to Tyler Reddick, you know, and he, he said he felt horrible about it. And he was going to go down to talk to him. And uh, here we go. If we grab the audio here, he's not going to. He walks up to Tyler Reddick and, and the camera and the audio did pick up some of this. So if you're not hearing what Chase Briscoe saying, I'm sorry. You know, and Tyler Reddick even said on the, on the on the audio of his car, he said, you know, if I'd been in the same position, I would have done the same thing, go for the slide job to win. You know, you're going for a cup win. He took it in stride. He didn't fight, you know, Chase Briscoe. They shook hands. That was it. And Chase Briscoe even said when he came down, he said, if he punches me in the face, I deserve it. You know, I, I robbed him of his first win. You know, I tried to make it work. He is, it's the last corner. If I didn't go for it, I would have forever wondered if I could have made it happen. And he goes, I just felt bad for Tyler that it, that it ruined his day. Tyler did finish second, but of course he wouldn't have won the race. And Tyler said, you know, if it had been me, I would have did the same thing too. I would have went for the slide job too. And he goes, you know, we're so close. We're going to get it. I know I know that win's coming. And, uh, you know, he he's known Chase from racing him as kids. And he knew it wasn't intentional and Chase didn't mean to take him out. It's just a racing deal. And I know people who don't like Chase Briscoe. Uh, you know, you know, we said I would have punched him in the face and this and that. I think they both realized what happened, and it was unfortunate for Tyler. And I think he is going to get his first win here soon. But it was a good event, Frank. It turned good numbers. The the live crowd was not as big as it was last year. I think probably being on Easter might have had a little something to do that. People want to be home with their families and whatnot. But uh, you know, commercially it was another success, and they're going to come back next year and do it. Whether Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch want it to happen or not, I think it's going to happen. You know, as long as the fans want to tune in, as long as the people like you, the casual fan, you know, wants to keep watching it and it turns good ratings, I think it's going to keep keep going by. So um, I know a lot of people have uh, suggested that they just do it as an all-star race where no points are on the line. That way, you know, feelings aren't as hurt or people aren't as miffed about it. But another Bristol race in the books, Frank, it was a good one. And uh, like I said, I know you creeped on it for a little bit. Yeah, I flipped to it, and I, from what I saw, I was telling you, telling you pre-show um, how much the rain kind of affected and where you could almost see down to the the pavement below it. And it was kind of like almost yeah. you could see the black, and I was it was kind of cool to see what I you know what you don't normally see is the cars kind of fishtailing um, into in turns. And I don't you know I don't believe, and you'll probably answer this is I don't believe on the dirt that they can go top speed. As you see them at the no. mo- at the big motor speedways, they look like they were maybe only going, you know, like one twenty or one thirty, yeah. not like one ninety. The control factor factors into it, and, and I hate to say, okay, I know this because I I did a sim racing on the on the same environment, but on i racing, if you do 
if you really try to gun into full speed, you get a lot of rear, rear wheel spin. Yeah. And you're just kind of going nowhere. So with, with dirt and, and maybe not so much with a cup car, but, you know, when you're racing a sprint car or, or a late model on there, and any kind of dirt race, you kind of steer more with the throttle than you do with the wheel, if that makes any kind of sense. Because you, because it's more the, the wheel spin that dictates the turn of the car, other than the, the, the turn. So, and I'm sure that's that way with the, with with the next gen car. And like you said, yeah, you know they, they can't they can't go full speed on there because they'll lose control or they're going to get too much rear wheel spin at the sale. Slow so I don't mess it up. <laughs> but yeah, no, and uh, and and this is the race we definitely knew the dirt the dirt guys were going to have an advantage, but. Um, Kyle Busch isn't really known for being a big dirt guy, and neither was Logano. And those are the two guys who won these two races. So, it just goes to show. I mean, it's 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 not really a dirt race per se at its core, but I mean, anyone could win them. And then, like I said, I think I think either you know Reddick or Briscoe or Bell or Larson is the one because at one point any of the cars were the, were the most dominant cars. But I mean, yeah, Kyle Busch won, and uh, he didn't walk. He he didn't walk any of his comments back. So I'll give him credit for that. He didn't really walk them back, but. He definitely didn't uh, wasn't in any hurry to give the trophy up, so mm-hmm. I think he'll take the win his his, punt, his ticket punch to the playoffs. But um, it was a good, it was a good success. And now Frank, they go from the dirt to the super speedway of Talladega. You know, you know, it's like another day. It's a more wide open Daytona, a little less slick. So you'll have that super speedway racing that you know the casual fan likes. So yeah, tune in this weekend for date for for Talladega. So and that'll be that'll be fun though. But that and then that's it, Frank. That's all. Another 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 successful Bristol dirt race. You know, Bronson. I mean, it's one thing that was cool about it is you know just that wow factor of it's something different, and I like that it challenges the racers. You know, it's something different that's from their their normal routine. So you really see, you know, the guys have to use their skill, use their mind. Um, and, I think that's get, why we've had different winners too, Frank. This year, yeah. the course of the drive, is now it's like this: the driver kind of takes control of the car more than ever. And you're seeing like a Ross Chastain win. You're seeing a Chase Briscoe win. You're seeing a lot. You're seeing a couple of these first-time winners. Austin. Well, Cedric was a, was a, was a plate guy, but he he's notoriously known as a road guy. Almondinger almost won the Cup race. So you're seeing guys like those. The car is more into the driver's hands, which is cool. And you get better quality racing. Say what you want. I know a lot of these guys. Some of these guys are against the new car. But every week, with the exception of a couple of weeks, every week's been a, a a good racing. You know, it's been a you know, you know, fender to fender, you know, kind of race. And I think it's what the fans want. At the end of the day, they don't want a guy dominating every week. You know, they want they want good racing. They want good wholesome racing. And this car so far seems to be bringing that out. Yeah, I'm excited, Bronson. And, you know, this podcast will cover throughout the the whole season and all the big races. Bronson will be here to to break them down for and, you. And, and before I let you go, Frank, I wanted I. I I would be remiss if I did not mention this because this actually is sport. Um, the former NASCAR Cup champion Matt Kenseth uh, ran the Boston Marathon. Wow! Yeah, he. Um, I'm trying yeah, to figure took, where he took place on uh, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, he competed in the Boston Marathon. He finished. He finished the ma- marathon in a total of three hours, one minute, and forty seconds. He placed one four one forty thirds. Yeah. He placed 141st in his age division, and he finished 3,550th overall. Yeah. So um, Jimmy Johnson once ran it in three hours, nine minutes, and seven seconds. And, and But he was way younger, and Kenseth was first to say that. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Great accomplishment. So he, yeah, that's that's yeah. not easy to do. He's 50 years old. Matt Kenseth's 50 years just wow. turned 50. So congrats to Matt Kenseth. I mean, that's racing on a whole different level, not, not with, right, not with right. the car. So. <laughs> 
Well, Bronson, um, my my farewell segment tonight, my my last quick hits, just going to be um, updating uh, our fans on the NBA playoffs. And it's not a it's not a um, a league we cover much here. Um, no Pittsburgh team and stuff, but um, it's playoff time, and that's when the casual fan might tune in. So I just want to highlight what uh, the NBA did and and they they've done since COVID, and it's going to stick as the the play in tournament. And I really think this might come to hockey in the in the very near future I agree. I agree. um the one through six seeds um get a, a, an automatic ticket punch to the, the the first round of the playoffs seven eight nine and ten play a mini four team tournament to determine the seven and eight seeds so the final two spot there's there's four teams vying for two spots um and you have a little winner's bracket and loser's bracket um, so seven plays eight and nine plays 10 in a one game, you know, like wild card game and, and baseball was, you know, one game playoff, um, at the higher seeds home court. If seven beats eight, they're in They're they're clinched in at the seven seed. Um, if eight beats seven, they're in, they're clinched in at the seven seed. Um, the nine, 10 game, the winner of the nine, 10 game moves on and has to win a second game to make the playoffs. So what happens is the winner of 9-10 has to play the loser of 7-8. So the loser of 7-8 isn't done yet. They're not cooked. It's double elimination for those teams. And they get a home game. If they lose, if the say the 8 seed loses to the 7, um, they would get a home game against the 9-10 winner and then uh, the winner of that gets that final playoff spot, that final eight seed. So it's kind of cool. It, it gives a team that's even the 10th overall seed a shot. They'd have to win two games on the road, um, but they have a shot at making the playoffs. So one bad thing about it, Bronson, is the 10 seed might be a sub 500 team. And, you know, this year I believe they they were in both in both the East and West. Um, and you get you get into hockey, you would have like the Islanders, the Blue Jackets still alive, um, where they might not deserve it. But what it does is it it creates TV ratings and ticket sales and all that kind of stuff. So I think that you know that that one one or done atmosphere um, that you might uh, I think you might see it come to other sports. It's kind of interesting. It keeps a, it keeps more teams alive. Um, more fan bases alive, even if your team's 10th in the conference out of 15 teams, um, still, still alive for, you know, a magical run. So, but this year, Bronson, it was exciting. There were some buzzer beaters kind of gave it that March madness feel that the NBA is always kind of jealous of. Um, but, uh, it kind of shook out where there was no major upsets. Um, Atlanta as a nine seed actually did get in. So that was a, a mini upset. They, they beat Cleveland. Um, and I felt bad for Cleveland cause they had a great year. Um, post LeBron, they were rebuilding and was kind of, it was kind of going to look grim for them for a long time. Um, but there were, you know, four years of a rebuild and they're right back in the playoff hunt, some good young players there, but they do miss out. Um, they, they technically made the playoffs. It's, it's kind of like that first four in the NCAA tournament. It counts as making the playoffs. If you made this little play in tournament, but they don't make the final eight teams. So Atlanta gets in and they get the unenviable task of taking on the Miami heat, the number one seed. (laughs) 
so that's your that's kind of your your prize but um already Bronson the first round's underway and there's some great series already um the New Orleans Pelicans get in without Zion he hadn't didn't play a game all year with injury um but they get in and they they're they're even one one with the Suns and that series is going back to New Orleans the heavily favored Phoenix Suns um I think they were minus twenty five hundred. If you want it, your friend Alan Reiner would like to hear that. They were action like a, out. Yeah, action out. A huge betting favorite, but it's uh, that series is even going back to New Orleans. Um, Golden State is my pick, and I'll tell you, like it's. I know it might sound chalky because they, you know, they won three titles with Steph Curry, but Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green have not played much all healthy together in the last couple of years, but they're all back. And I'm not betting against those three. I mean, that that trio, um, the Splash Brothers, if they stay healthy throughout this playoff run, I think they're at least going to the finals. Um, you know, Memphis is young with John ja Morant. Um, I don't think they're quite ready to peak. Utah is really good. Um, and, of course, Phoenix, they went all the way to the finals last year. Um, Chris Paul's been banged up. Devin Booker's going to miss game three and four. Um New Orleans could easily knock Phoenix out and shock the world because Devin Booker, yeah. Devin Booker's out, um, and 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 they have the momentum, and I just think the West opens up nicely for for Golden State to have another big run and get back to the finals with Steph Curry. Um, over on the East, it, um, it's tough to even though they're the seven seed, Brooklyn's looking tough. I mean, they get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together. Um, and they may get the services of one Ben Simmons back, and he hasn't played yeah. a game. He hasn't played a game all year. Of course, that huge trade, James Harden, to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, pretty much straight up. Um, Andre Drummond goes to Brooklyn as well. Um, Brooklyn's kind of that team. They kind of like the Lakers. They tried to bring in a bunch of you know old star veterans, Blake Griffin, um, Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, kind of some guys on the the back end of their career, but they have some star-studded talent. Of course, led by KD and Irv and Kyrie Irving. Those guys um, are in a battle with Boston right now, though. I believe that series is one-one, um, heading back to Brooklyn. Um, Milwaukee can't forget talking about Giannis, the MVP and the the, the defending champs. Um, it was great to see last year them to go all the way to the finals. That small market team, kind of. Pulling it out, they're they're um, taking on the Bulls right now. It's a battle. Um, the only kind of flop has been Philly's up 3-0 on Toronto already, so that might be a sweep. Um, and Philly's a team they do get James Harden and they have Joel Embiid. Um, they just had three yesterday. Right. Yeah. So he kind of got his revenge on Toronto for that Kawhi Leonard shot a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, that second round matchup of Philly and Miami um, is just looking so intriguing if it ends up being that way. Um, and then if you have the Bucks and the Celtics or the Nets, whoever comes out of that, um, Phoenix and Utah, if it ends up being Phoenix, if they can stave off New Orleans, that'll be a great second round matchup. And then Golden State, Memphis. Um, now Minnesota's given Memphis all they can handle. I think the 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 Grizzlies won tonight to take a two one lead. I've been watching that series. They um, yeah, John Morant's electrifying, and uh, I think they did actually steal home court back by winning in Minnesota tonight. So 
Um, I'm going to Golden State Memphis is going to be a great series. Of course, our pit guy, Steven Adams is now on Memphis. So that's always something to root for. He was on New Orleans for a while. So I was rooting for them because I like Zion and Steven Adams, but he's now a Memphis Grizzly. Got to love John Morant and and Steven Adams there. Um, That series is going to be crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't love watching the NBA. I'll admit I don't watch much regular season action. Maybe the Christmas day games, some LeBron action, some Zion, um, but um, come playoff time, I'll, I'll admit I'll turn it on. I mean, that's when it gets really good. I'm a casual fan, so I can say it. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a segment on this show to just update everybody how the playoffs are going and as we get closer to the finals. So I just wanted to give it a little bit of airtime in, in my little final quick hit. That's all. Yeah, no, Frank, that's awesome. Like I said, I, I watched, you know, I dropped in a little bit on that Memphis, Memphis series, and I, I watched the other night with uh, New Orleans. And it's why they're making a big deal about Zion because he did like a a three sixty windmill or something in practice. Like, oh, why can't this guy play or whatever? And I know there's been yeah. some philosophical differences on the uh, the recovery of Zion there, and I'm sure that's we'll hear about more of that to come. But no, Frank, I appreciate you know you're you're, you're you know more about that. I I mentally know that you know more about that than I do, but it's cool to see you know big stars and John Morant's been awesome and I've been paying attention to him for sure. So. Um, you know, when there's not hockey, put you know, playoffs on, and you know, I'll be watching that too. You know, and obviously, the playoffs haven't started for hockey yet, but um, you know, there's some good, there's some quality NBA games out there, and and uh, looking forward to Oh, by the way, I, I think it'd be remiss if we didn't mention before we went off the air tonight. How about uh, Jay Wright retiring from Villanova? That's a huge, that's huge news. Yeah, that was a shocker. He's 60 years old, um, which yeah. I thought he was younger than that. He looks younger, he's like one of those uh, heartthrobs that uh, the ladies love, but uh, good looking I, Italian I, boy. I didn't see anybody calling for that. Nobody rumoring that. Um, no. You have to think uh, my early speculation is he's going to have a big lucrative TV deal because um, yeah. you know he's obviously got the the good looks and the, the he's so articulate and knows obviously knows basketball. Two time national champ. Um, there has to be an ESPN or CBS gig in his future if he want. I mean, maybe take a couple years off you know family time and all that because you know college basketball coach you know is. It, it consumes your life. It's 365 yeah. days a year. Recruiting. Um, so he might want to take a, a period of time to be with family. But, yeah, that's giving it up a little bit young. I mean, I don't know if he ever has thoughts of maybe coming back for a different school or giving the NBA a try. But it's going to be interesting to see his career arc now. Um, is it going to be just TV or is he ever going to come back for a different school or the NBA? Uh, there has been countless uh, rumors that he turned down several NBA offers over his time. Um, is, is that something that he has the itch to try after a couple years off? We'll see. But I definitely think we'll see him in some capacity, uh, whether coaching again or as an analyst. But congrats to Jay Wright. A great career. Yeah. Um, really made that Villanova program what it is. And um Turns it over to a guy, um, I forget his name, but he, he was a long, long-time assistant that was coaching, I think, at Fordham, um, I think a smaller school. I'm going to go back there and get that head job, so maybe he kind of aligned that for one of his boys to get that kind of a coach in waiting. Yeah. Um, so, no, yeah, that was a, good that you brought that up. That was kind of yeah. big, the big call. I'm going to miss the suit game. His right. suit game yeah. was, was on point. Definitely. Yeah, yeah one of the best dressed. <laughs> one of the best dressed coaches, and that's a dying thing. And uh, a lot of coaches are just going with the sweatsuit on the sideline, which I think is more practical. Um, you know, Bob Huggins kind of started that. Bobby Knight would just wear a sweater. Bob Huggins, the track suit. Um, but yeah, Jay Wright always looked his best on the yeah. sideline with the three piece. Or yeah, 
Yeah. No, I felt like they should bring up for a close shot. So, no. Um, Sign us out, bro. That's it. That's it. I'm I'm out. I've kept Frank a little too long. I want to thank. (laughs) First off, before I thank anyone, I do want to thank Frank for doing this with me. Uh, dealing with me this week has been an absolute like task for him and uh, dealing with my my uh, social schedule this week. So, <laughs> so big thanks to Frank for staying up and recording with me. Uh, we will be back next week in, uh, I don't know what form, stay tuned to find out the form, but we will be doing mm. the NFL Draft live. Um, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that. Um, we might have to keep the audio low as to not violate any NFL rights or anything like that. So we might have to keep that low on the volume, but we'll have to at least keep it somewhat up so we can hear picks. Yeah. But um, stay tuned for that. And if you thought the uh, the uh, the Steelers Vikings uh, live game was good, I think this this will this will surpass it. We'll have some people here to talk. Ross, talk and I'll ball. just get the expressed written consent uh, of the National Football League. We'll give Roger League. a call. I'll, get get I'll us okay. Get that, to do you know, that. As they always say, when you know when they warn you to not not recreate any any broadcast. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with written that. Consent. That and uh, Derek Sheldon looks so much like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I can't take it anyway. I'm just gonna <laughs> think of it, but no. But th- thank you guys for listening, for putting up with our shenanigans. Thank you again, like I said, to Frank for for dealing with with, with me this week. And I promise, I promise, we will never record this late again. And um, thanks to his wife Katie, who will who is the uh, the daunting task of editing our our gibberish together. Yeah. Thanks to Justin and Nico again for Next Level Nerd for allowing us to be on their platform. And last but not least, thankful. Thank thanks. It's late at night, Frank. Too late. You the listener. You the (laughs) listener uh, for listening, and and, then word of mouth helps as well too to spread the word, spread the nerd, as Justin says. So, till next week, uh, enjoy the week of sports, baseball, hockey, football news, etc., etc. And uh, we'll see you next week for the draft for Frank Conta and Bronson Almond saying, "Top guys, guys out." Hockey. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.